One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, and welcome back to the Intrinsic Mind Podcast. Gio here alongside Ray, of course. Uh, today, we have a very special guest joining us, and I'm glad to have the pleasure of introducing him, Brandon, from Expanding Reality Podcast. Now, I like this because Brandon has tons of experience with interviewing many different guests of proportionate backgrounds and expertise in many thought-provoking areas of topic. And for wanting to have this talk with Brandon is because he has a very multidimensional like skeptical, like a multidimensionality and skeptical and fringe topics. And also just a, a way of giving an expansive thought with anything that is presented to him. And we believe he also has a lot of good insight with many of the topics that we want to discuss here today. Uh, so we'll be sure to link down below where to find Brandon and all his content, but what's going on, Brandon, how's it going? And, you know, we appreciate you taking the time and letting everyone know where they could best find you too. Dude, Gio and Jay, thank you so much. Yeah, expandingrealitypodcast.com. We make it super easy for you. Every other way that you'd want to go, huh, I wonder if they're there. It links from there. So yes, we're probably there. I uh, find us on uh, well over 40-something different podcast platforms. It goes out everywhere. So you can't throw a rock and, and not hit the show. But Expanding Reality is it. The website is where all the other stuff is. There's a whole bonus platform associated with this thing. We're having a blast with it. So all of it's awesome. And I want to thank you, you gentlemen, for having us on here. Um, also, for your audio-only audience, I don't know how many uh, folks take you up on the video version of this show, but for the audio-only audience, I would like to say that uh, Geo delivered that intro with perfect precision, non-distracted, with a boxer loving <laughs> on him from the left uh, with an arm out the entire time. Starting so on me. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was this wonderful moment. I'm grateful we shared it together, but just for the appreciation of the audio-only audience, he nailed it uh, with Thank you. a beast uh, you loving just, on him. You just tickled his Virgo rising fancy. Yeah, I'm a Virgo did. son. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Very Virgo cool. midheaven. I'm uh, I'm kind of there with you. It's, it's my job to be do Virgo things. It's a good it's a good area to have that Virgo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need a bunch of us. We need just the right amount of all of us to just kind of come together with our superpowers like Captain Planet. You know, like uh, you do the fire thing. I'll do the earth thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring the air. I'm bringing the air energy there and the go. fire. Yeah. Um, Gemini, Absolutely. Sag rising. I'll bring the fire in the air. The uh the exquisite but mind expanding questions or just bring that energy of like all right we're getting fixed on the topic let's move on you know yeah yeah movement kinetic movement right like there it. you go movement yeah it. keep immutable so, yes yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, no, i was go gonna say well i'm i'm curious on where your journey began brandon uh, what, just, just what, what i was gonna ask what got you what was the thing that propelled you into some sort of awakening into saying i have questions life is crazy it's also insane out there. I need to explore. I need to expand my mind. What got you? What was the trigger? And it was it was a long time ago. Great question. And um, the the shortest version I think I've come up with yet is that uh, around the age of seventeen, uh, at the age of seventeen, exactly, actually, in between my uh, junior and or uh, sophomore and junior year in high school, we moved from a small town in North Texas. It wasn't the country, but it was a smaller suburb where the projected senior high graduating class, had I continued, was like 63, 65 people, right? So it was small. 3A is what we call it, right? In football standards. 
So then we uh, up and moved from in that summer, we moved and transplanted. And so I started my junior year in, in, of high school in Houston. It was this massive school, like a thousand something graduating students, 10 minute passing periods, melting pot of culture. So a massive awakening that there were other people out there than what I grew up with. So it was this huge, like I was 17 years old, didn't even know what pot was. Like not even, not, oh, I knew what it was and didn't do it actively. I didn't know of it. It wasn't a thing. I felt like coming out of M. Night Shyamalan's movie, The Village. You guys ever seen that shit? You know, oh, yeah, they're just, yeah, yeah. they don't have flying over their houses and shit. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, that all occurred, which was a massive shock to my uh, system. That was just cool. You know, I was just riding it out. I was playing soccer. I was doing my thing. I was, um, you know, pretty normal. I just started playing guitar like by ear just before I left um, uh, Keller for Houston. And so I had like an electric guitar, but my my teaching myself was like, sitting in my closet with my guitar. I didn't have an amp, so it was just an electric, so it's real tiny, you know? And so I'd sit there with a radio in as low as it would go so my mom wouldn't hear it, right? Real Christian Baptist upbringing. And I liked, like, Offspring and Metallica and, you know, uh, Alice in Chains and shit like that, and she did not like that I liked that. So I kept it very, very quiet, kept it in my closet, and I would run to my closet anytime I was in there drawing or doing something Christian like I was supposed to. I'd fucking run in there when I'd hear, like, Metallica start playing Nothing Else Matters, and I would sit there, and I would just listen as close as I could to the um, to the radio and just figure it out. So I I taught myself by ear and I taught myself quickly by ear because I usually only had the three minutes and whatever it had to play. Otherwise, I had to wait until the next time it came on. So uh, teaching myself music was very starting to introduce that into my life. And that came from my grandmother. She was a piano player and gave me her music, uh, interest in love and music. Big move down to Houston. Now, when that happened, one of my parents didn't take it well. And that was a big shock for them. And it exploded in a physical expression of their inability to reason with what was going on for the information that they had at the time. So this blew up in uh, physical manifestations, meaning that we were getting struck. And by we, I mean I, and I kept it on me by staying the center of attention because I figured, well, if it was happening at all, uh, then I was going to keep it on me since I'd already taken a few blows. It was no big deal. But the better thing was is to keep it off my brother. So I just really made sure that I was sort of like uh, Dr. Grant when he was yelling at the T-Rex or whatever. Hey, come over here. I was like that for the last two years of high school with a lot of physical stuff that uh, then manifested into me being absolutely more rebellious, which again, you know, I will say this, that that parent and I are absolutely healed. Like it, it has been a, it was a gift the day that it let uh, that it that, like days like it was a gift immediately, like an immediate gift of awareness of holy shit. Thank you of it's one of those heavy gifts, you know, cause it, you know, you're sad and you're angry and you're pissed and I'm young and I have no fucking clue what's going on. And I'm not going to ever say that I handled this with grace throughout it. I was very drugged, you know, throughout my twenties. And that leads to my second thing about this, but it was this thing to where, you know, the, that's when the parent switches in your mind and it's this whole different deal. But anyway, so it's a complete gift that I'm um, absolutely, we are all healed from. So I really want to say this without any judgment to anyone out there that may be feeling triggered by this and feeling that they need to take a side and that this is a story in which that needs to occur. This is a done story. It's all over. But to answer your question, it was an intense time because this also was a wake up for that parent, right? It's always these beautiful things and you and you see them, but you need to be in them, right? So anyway, uh, as I walked through that, that experience was interesting because then I was taken... It was it, it manifested in dumb shit too. Like they found a journal of mine. I was like writing and I was doing poems and shit. I'd just seen the Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. Have you guys ever seen that mm. movie? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge inspiration for me. That's when I really started like reading poetry. I like I'm a you know, eighteen year old kid reading poet Robert Frost and shit because I saw this movie and was so inspired and moved by just the free thinking in it 
And I thought that that was the avenue, right? And so I was just trying anything. Uh, at, at an early, like in hindsight, you know, now I see it as what it was. So that was occurring. Now at the same time, okay, so like dumb shit, like I said, they found the journal uh, and took me, they said that we were going out to eat. This is so stupid. The brothers in the car and everything. And uh, my mom was holding something blue the whole the whole time we were going up there. And so they ended up, we didn't go out to eat, spoiler alert. Uh, they were taking me to an insane asylum to get me committed and I was like, okay. And uh, the dude wouldn't even read it because I was 18. He goes, can I read that? And I said, I'd rather you didn't. That was personal. Nobody was supposed to read it. That was just my personal thoughts. I don't have anything to do with reality. And he took it from her and handed it to me and said, okay, uh, I don't know what you want me to do, but this dude's 18, so he can't do anything. And that, again, brought more physical violence. Uh, and so it, it was an interesting time. Again, um, this then uh, culminated in me being very explorative with some mind-altering substances at a, that same exact time. Again, still a senior in high school. Uh, and I got introduced to uh, Lucy, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, LSD, acid for everybody out there uh, for the first time. And this was liquid acid. I took two hits. One of them was given to me on a sweet tart, one of those big-ass sweet tarts, you know, the semi-chewy ones. You know, they come oh, like yeah. four to a pack. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of those, uh, and he just dropped it on there, but it was like an eyedropper deal. And then he said, do you want it now? And the guy I was with that was buying it was like, you do want it now. And so I was like, yeah, I'm here for the ride. So I just keep saying yes. And they said, here, put one on my tongue. Now, about 30 minutes to an hour later, I am just realizing that this place is very different than what we've been told. And I started to dip my toe into this world of just wow and this feeling and a wow and a wow, wow, wow. And then my cell phone rings, which is old as shit at the time. They were like these bricks, right? Um, we're talking 2001. And so my phone rings or whatever, and my, it's my mom. And she goes, hey, uh, I know that you'd plan to stay out this evening. I still lived at the house, but you need to come home immediately. And all pissed off. So that immediately sent me into a spiral trip is what a mm. bad trip, as they say. Because I'd pop the second one immediately. I'm not waiting on the shit. Let's fucking go. Now, in the interim of this, my friend had rented a hotel. And so that was where we had planned to stay for the entire night. All right, we'll go to this hotel to be badass. Out all night, parents, alibis, all that good shit. There was a... You know, the overpass awnings that go over a highway and they have the big signs up top and then they have little catwalks with the lights that shine up on the signs so you can see them at night over the oh, highways yeah. and shit. Mm -hmm. Not a bridge, but like a fucking thing you're not supposed to get on. Tripping yeah. my ass off. 18-year-old me got up on that thing and was sitting up on it, dangling my feet and everything, realizing that the world was incredible and beautiful and feeling amazing and free and all of that shit. And then that's when I got the call. So I'm like shaking. I'm starting to get a horrible trip. I'm climbing down from this fucking thing. And then I get a ride home. I'm puking out of the side of my friend's car. And then this horrible, you know, thing happened again, a very traumatic event with a parent right in this traumatic space where I, I was being physically assaulted for the first time. This was a new thing for me. So I thought that this just was the next phase of life, that this was just what was happening. You know, I was going to be scared as fuck, not know, you know, uh, not feel at home. So again, all of this is answering your question, I promise. And again, in the shortest way that I know how to do it, uh, I see is, it is to um uh it it opened me up to so many things and you you feel that your anchors of this world you know just have betrayed you at the exact same time right before i left uh high school i started because i'm 18 i could serve alcohol so i started waiting tables at chili's right just down the around the highway like right across from our high school so i start waiting tables there again all in the same year i i get introduced uh by a table of mine all synchronicity i'll make this very short and he invited me to question the narrative of what was going on in our society as far as authority figures go, government education, all of these things. So I got introduced to conspiracy theories. And then 2001, 9-11 happened like mm -hmm. right after. Now, in the interim of this, right before that, 
two days after graduation in May. Um, I just figured out uh, psychedelics. I just learned that conspiracies were a fucking thing. I'm getting pounded on at home. Um, two days after graduation, my grandmother's in town from Fort Worth visiting us in Houston. And it exploded in a way that my parent uh, like jumped on me. And it was in a in their room, uh, this uh, on the bed and everything, just hit the fuck out of me first in my ear. You've ever seen Fight Club? You know, you get hit in the ear. God damn it, man. You know, it's the shittiest thing. Anyway, so hit in the ear, jumped on top of and then began to choke me. And so like you're looking at your parent and you're just like, oh, okay, this is fucking weird. And uh, your grandmother ran in, pulled her off. And then it was this moment. And in that moment, I was like, okay, that's the straw, right? I uh, ran upstairs, packed two bags of clothes and whatever I could uh, and threw that guitar in a case and uh, walked. I had no car. So I just walked down the street, found a payphone. Uh, I called my girlfriend at the time who came and picked me up. And then that's a whole nother long road. But that period of time was one of the biggest like impacts on the direction of my life because it scrubbed me clean. You know, it was this accelerated, here's a direction, you know, kind of a thing. And it was just this insane car wash of just what the fuck was this? You know, this scrubbing, you know, this cleansing. And um, it's, it's just, a, it was an interesting time. And like I said, completely like healed, carry zero fucking burdens. I've been through, I, I've experienced so many things and, and really all, for the most part, seeing them as a gift because around that again, okay, so I skipped one thing in that same time period, right after I moved out in with the girlfriend, uh, right after graduation, still 18, right before 9-11, I was handed the book Conversations with God by her, uh, by Neil Donald Walsh. And so we're living together in, the, in her parents' house. Um, and then we moved out, got our own apartment, and then 9-11 happened. Now, all this is, again, span of a year, a year and some change. And so I was introduced to Conversations with God again by uh, Neil Donald Walsh. So I'm starting to see this place as spiritual, which then connected to some psychedelic research I was doing. And that was a very interesting correlation. So I had this piece about it already because having been introduced to that book, was the gift in that was the unity consciousness way of looking at things. I then was able to connect that to the philosophers of my personal philosophers of that time period of this very important time Right after I left my parents' house, I was like in a band. I was running around. I was doing all sorts of crazy, anything I could get my hands on. I had the rule of no needle drugs. That was my rule. I stuck to it. Anything, but other than that, I was doing it and I was doing the fuck out of it, right? And so it was just this whole journey, this whole time, this whole huge experience where everything came together. And it was, I mean, it's its rad, you know? It's, um, it, it's interesting. Definitely changed me. I mean, absolutely, completely changed me. So... It, it set me on perceptions. And again, this is why with this new perception of spirituality, I could sit there and say, well, we're all one. It dovetailed into when Bill Hicks said, you know, what's going to happen to the arms industry when they realize we're all one? Because those were my philosophers. It was George Carlin, uh, Bill Hicks. It was mm. uh, Dave Chappelle, his killing them softly, his uh, Washington, D.C. from uh, 2000, I think, something like that, or late 90s. Dude, I listened to that. Absolutely. I could, I could tell you every word in that thing. And again, Bill Hicks was a huge thing. That's why he opens the show, uh, Choice Right Now, Between Fear and Love. He was a philosopher in my mind. But again, the way he was able to deliver the message was an invitation to think. It, it just made you think. But the way that he did it was so appealing because he opened you up with laughter. He, he showed you that you can open up and then receive powerful information from a purer source. And I found this mean mode of conversation, this mode of communication, uh, absolutely fascinating. So... And, and then the ideas itself were now marrying into things that were seemingly handed to me out of the blue, right? And so my whole idea of everything was just so malleable. But with that concept, 
you know, when you're looking into the eyes of another, you're looking into the eyes of you, you know, um, in that book, he talks about there is no hell and this concept blew like I'm, you know, coming off a Baptist hangover. I'm like, OK, well, I know it's not that, but I don't know about atheism. And then I found this and I'm just like, what the fuck? This is it just makes so much sense. Right. Mm. So uh, all that to say <clears throat> that it it changed a lot. And so I. Um, it, it gave me it gave me lenses in which to view the world through, which I'm a big perception Component. So I'm I'm huge on perception, like talking about your reticular activating system and uh, the double slit experiment, the placebos, like the way that your mind perceives reality. I mean, that's that that's what it's all about for me. And I was gifted with a numerous amount of interesting situations to create this entourage effect that gives me the gift of being able to see this place through multiple lenses unattached to rather they're real for me or not. Like I have no belief system wrapped up into it. I can view something and go, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then say, well, do you believe that's true? I, first of all, we go into the believe versus, you know, uh, what I really think is going on here, which is just ideas. Uh, it's from a Kevin Smith film. I quote this all the time. It's Dogma. Have you guys ever seen Dogma by oh, Kevin well, Smith? Of course. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. God, uh, man. We're, we're actually sent over like to Geo. neighbors. Let's do a watch party. Yeah. We're, we're neighbors. With, we were. I was. But we lived probably like 45 minutes from where they shot clerks. See, oh, okay. So Leonardo. badass. Yeah. And it's one of these interesting Kevin Smith films because it's very suppressed. It was bought by, I want to say, Warner Brothers uh, or Sony or something like that. It's the only one that's not ever been allowed to stream, to my understanding. You can find old bootleg copies of it on Amazon, which I bought one for like 20 bucks and it skips. You know what I mean? So, But what 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 I mean to say is in that movie, I saw this years ago. This was 99. So I'm, I see it now like a roadmap. I look back and I say, oh, the psychedelic experiences I had. Oh, the music. Oh, the trauma if you want to I'm air quotes and all of that on that if all of the things were like oh got it yes they're useful now and it's this fascinating thing so I saw this movie I happened to pick up this line that just stuck with me there's a bunch of lines in that movie right if you look at the script per word pada there's a bunch of lines in that bitch right and this one stuck with me and it was the character Rufus played by Chris Rock and he says you know I don't have beliefs I have ideas because ideas are easier to change and dude, I was just like, what? Mm. It it mm. it killed me in the way that I was just like, hang on, that makes so much sense to me. So I throw the B word around believe very diligently. I'm I'm when I say believe, like I can get things maybe on my one hand that I believe. And even that, I'm very I always put the belief caveat under that I don't have cognitive dissonance, and that is first and foremost. So I'm always willing to change my mind. But um, again, this idea of being so invested in that idea for well over 20 years, guys, I have been looking at this place under the filter that I don't have beliefs. I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. And, and I saw the folks that got stuck in beliefs because that's how I saw it. I was like, a belief is just a tar pit that you get stuck in because then something new might fly over you to pull you out of it. But you're like, nah, I can't grab it. It's, it's I'm in this fucking tar pit. And that's one of those things. It's like, you know, the most dangerous sentence ever spoken by man is, well, that's the way we've always done it. And so when you look at things like this, the concept of beliefs, the concept of being anchored to positions that are uh, inflexible and rigid and just don't go with the natural order of things, which is flow and uh, creativity and, and authenticity, then it's, um, it's one of these things I've, it, I've just, it's, it's allowed me to, to really, again, navigate this in a way that's been fun. And I've always put fun at the front of all of this shit. I'm here to fucking play, man. And I've known that forever. Uh, my my role here on this earth, if I could sum it up into one fucking sentence, it's that I am here to give people back to themselves. That's it.
And you do this through a myriad of ways and symbols and you're a living allegory yourself by doing this. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it, it's, that's what I embrace. So that's where I'm at. There's a bunch more, you know, and you're getting kind of the Cliff Notes version. But as far as most impactful with the least amount of detail, there it is. I, I like that. There's a there's a lot of things you said that, wow, just like blew my mind because a lot of it resonated, too. And you know what? It's where do I start with that? Because there's there's so much that you said that especially the fact of even just what you find as the important thing or the important area of your life experience that that you say is the crucial thing that brought you into this awareness and it, you know, from an outsider view, it can seem like a very dark time or a scary time and stuff like that. But that just it, goes to it prove. felt like that from the inside of it, too, yes, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. When you're there, when you're there in that moment, it seems it, it definitely does, because I have a very, very, very similar, very similar experience, a uh, certain background with things. And, you know, I never knew that that would be the caveat to where I am now. Um, like you even said too, a lot of things healed, even those same parental relationships healed, like beyond imaginable that I never expected to get there and stuff. And it's just amazing how it just goes to show that it doesn't matter what's happened to you, where you come from, what disadvantages you may think you were at and stuff. It all comes down to your perspective and what, and your what you decide to do with what you've been given, what you've been presented and stuff, and to find a reason behind why this has been given to you. You're not dealt anything that's that that you're not strong enough to t- to to carry and 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 you know change in your life as well. And I just love that because it's it's a it's the story of perseverance, but perseverance through through alternating perspective and stuff, and not being afraid. Um, when yes, there may be have been times of fear, obviously, but not being afraid to still test the boundaries, test the limits, change ideas, change perspectives, change beliefs. I beliefs are very mutable as well. Like you, you know, but but and and but we can we can have this perception that it's like no, my belief is 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 rigid and i have to stick to it and that's what it is and tradition and all that stuff and that could be a very very limiting thing that that keeps you stuck in a hole so to see somebody's story like yours and to even know my own which i i'm not even going to go into it another time me and you like we could talk and stuff like that um about it and and everything (laughs) because like i said there's very a lot of similarities but of course um yeah, it's it's just more proof to me and not saying that you have to go through trauma in this area. But one thing I really realized that people that have such wide range um, patience or acceptability within them when it comes to other people and other things and other ideas and stuff, a lot of times they've been through the most they've they've gone through the ringer with a lot of things and have, have seen a lot of shit and stuff and maybe not necessarily didn't have the, the, the cookie cutter lifestyle, as you could say. And, but those tend to also always somehow be very rational people and very, and, but, but also in the same sense, not rational to the point where they only stay 
within their confines and it's only about logical things only no like they have a way of of understanding feeling understanding potential feeling when maybe the other person that they're dealing with doesn't even know what they're feeling but they won't force to tell them that hey this is what's going on with you this is how you feel so this is why you're acting like this no don't say it you'll just kind of allow them to be because you know that that person with their own faith not not belief but with their own faith their own perseverance through their own perspective and through their own journey that they may come into their own to see that so uh i i yeah there's so much more i could say on it but i just I, i'll leave it at that and i just gotta say i to- totally respect the journey man i uh, truly grateful for the observation thank you for sharing because it's um it's it's relatable in the sense that it's it builds resilience and there's a wonderful analogy for uh we live out here on a ranch we do a lot of like planting and shit like that, like uh, trees. And so, like we just love plants and animals and stuff like that. My wife and I, we don't have kids this is what we do. So uh, we will grow things like indoors, but I'll know, you know, come springtime when those good winds kick and it's got a little bit of run, a little bit of like stick to it. We'll set it outside in the pot and let it get wind, let it get a little bit of torture. You let it get a little sun, a little, you want it to gain resilience because it won't survive in the wild. If you don't same thing with our animals, we, we were very hands-on. We had donkeys, which have been fine for thousands of years without human intervention but we do understand that we restrict their access in the form of a 10 acre piece of property that we let grow wild that we let them eat on and we only supplement hay in the winter now we had different feeds but again very minimally uh, the the reason that we do this is because again uh, they're more fortified for the environment if you give a horse for instance um, an open field after it's been fed for a long time it'll do what they call fonder and it can't adapt to the wild grasses it it gets to um too pampered, if you will, and it can't even survive on what it's naturally meant to, to survive on, right? And it takes this fort- fortification, it takes resilience, and you must go through. If you want to look at look at it like that, you must hold on to your hold on with your roots to a bunch of windstorms, and those can come in the forms of many different things, but they're just windstorms to reach your roots down. And you know that saying: a man can't uh, reach to heaven unless his roots reach to hell. And to do that, you must be blown with a lot of wind. You must have animals coming by, chewing off your favorite part of yourself, your branch, and losing that for a little while and coming to terms with that uh, feeling of loss of a piece of you. You know, just sticking with the metaphor, but it's all relevant. It's all as above, so below. We have examples of, I feel, we have examples of our architecture and the architecture of everything here all around us all the time, if you look for it. But I feel also that there's a system of distractions out here that's meant to be so and meant to be loud and noisy as for you to have the resilience to tune out to then listen to the quiet voice inside of you that has all of the answers. It's a it's a 24-hour news feed of the Akashic Records, of your personal Akashic Records, and you could tap into it any damn time you want. Now, I am not, I will say this, a woo-woo experiencer of sorts. Um, I, I'm going to be very tiptoey around the words that I use here because... I'm not ruling it out. I never have. And I, I don't ever consider myself as being not worthy of. Absolutely not. But one thing I will say is I've felt that the way that I've experienced the phenomenon, especially with the shows, doing it for two years, um, it mainly started as UFO stuff. I'm not a contactee, let's say. I've not seen a ghost. I've not seen a UFO. But I'm fascinated by the topic. But what it has afforded me the lens of is a non-skewed perception because I have a lack of specific interaction so let me explain i feel that i'm not meant to be a conscious interactor even though maybe i'm like abducted if you want to say that maybe i'm contacted and taken on a ufo every damn night in my life but i am very very convinced that because i know me 
And because I know what I'm here to do at a very interesting level at this point in my life, uh, that I know that I demand that they regress me, that they make me not remember because I feel that it would be, it would skew my objectivity for the phenomena and my subject. I may continue to filter it through my personal experience, which I don't have. Therefore, I have no stake in the game. Therefore, when people come on, I don't have an ego presenting myself as correct and them incorrect. This is why I have the kind of show and conversations and attract the type of guests. Like I'm a magnet for incredible people like you guys. You that We're in vibration here. You're incredible. This makes sense. So with this comes this understanding that it's just an attractive aspect to it. And so with this, again, you empower people by giving them the space to do this and by removing my ego from this, because expanding reality is a mission. It's been way bigger than me for a very long time now. And I, I've known this for a very long time. I just step me out of it. And then I'm able to sit there and go, oh, holy shit, you had this amazing experience. Like you're mapping a piece of consciousness from my perspective. Like you're out here as a little agent of us, as a drone, if you want to very reduce this thing of us, of consciousness, exploring a part of the realm that I'm not. And you're seeing it in a way I'm not. And you're feeling it in a way and I'm not. And you're, you've got all these metrics of which you're seeing this. And oh, wow, you had this experience that had a really impactful, you know, uh, like ripple effect throughout your life. And I'd love to hear about it. Who am I to sit here and tell you that you're wrong? Number one, I wasn't fucking there. Number two, I don't know what's possible. Uh, number three, I haven't had an experience. Therefore, to tell you, that yours is different than mine, therefore incorrect. And even if it is different than mine, it doesn't make it incorrect. It's there's I'm to a place with a gentleman that I, I really see this as a as a goddamn play, man. It's just a fucking game. And a lot of the folks out here, not all of them, of course, but they're they don't see that they're the actor playing the role. They're so great at the role. You know, they're They've had so much prep. They've, they've gone through actor training of feeling small and feeling powerless, like they're playing the fuck out of the role. But as I see it, that's boot camp for you to break out of it, like for you to figure out that it's not true because you go from the scope so that you can ricochet forward. It's like that analogy of, um, you know, uh, when you've experienced setback, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've experienced setback from your perspective, it perhaps can be viewed. I'm boundless optimist. I've got tons of these. I'll give you a few. You're being pulled back in a bow, right? It's not set back. It's you're being pulled back in a bow. And in those moments, that's where you hold your aim. That's where your aim is the most important because this is where you're being drawn back to release. And then inevitably it does. And you you can always countermeasure these dips in your experience with these huge level ups after because there's this propulse, uh, like this swing, but it's a 10x swing. It's like a small little dip to 10x propel. It's this fascinating thing. And when you feel these swings and you dance in it, you, you can see it that way. Now, what the game tells you is that you should fight these things and there should be a rigid structure that doesn't involve flow and that, you know, as far as the metaphor goes, you close all your windows so flow can't occur. And then when it does, it shakes your house and it scares you because you're not used to it, right? And so there's these, again, interesting ways of sort of uh, glancing around at this place and that's one of them. Now, there's a mirror example. I, I would not mind bringing up and sharing the screen and showing you guys to something, to something you were saying about seeing your reality in yourself. Something you were saying a minute ago, Gio, if you don't mind, uh, does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Okay, so I had a gentleman on named Peter Shampoo. Uh, here, let's just share this while I scroll around. This could be just guerrilla style on the fly here, so nothing pre-prepared here, but here we are. Okay, so <clears throat> I uh, had an episode with a gentleman named Peter Shampoo. This guy is awesome. Now, uh, he is a geomancy guy. His books are right here behind me. He's written three books, and they're amazing. Like, the attention to detail this dude 
plays because I'm a, I have a publishing house as well. So I'm a nerd about books and all how you present to the reader and all that shit. What he'll do is he puts uh, writing on the left side of the pages, text on the left and images on the right, because that's where your brain perceives reality, right? Creative and then textual, you know what I'm saying? So even the thought he puts into how the reader's experience of this is, is awesome. Okay. So this dude uh, came on killed, right? Now, when the episode came out, this was uh, episode 98. I don't remember when this was. It was a minute. It was a while back. Uh, whenever he came on, I mispronounced his name in the intro, I think a couple of times and maybe maybe once in the episode. Anyway, a, a couple of times I mispronounced his name. I said it like Shampro or something like that. Now, uh, the only time I'm going to defend myself on this is I hadn't heard it pronounced. Well, I actually, no, that's not true. I had heard it pronounced, but multiple ways and never corrected. There were at least four different pronunciations. I, I investigated this dude ahead of time. I was like, dude. Uh, and so I really did a lot of work on making sure I pronounced his name wrong, right, correctly rather, and then didn't. And then the result is something I'm going to show you now. So <laughs> Peter Champeau, uh, pro or whatever is what I was saying. Now I'm right next to Louisiana. So when I see P-O-U-X, I think Cajun. Okay, but it's not. He yeah, even said, that, I d I'm not going to lie, though. I did think the same thing, even though I was told how to say it. I also thought I was like, no, I don't think that's how you say it. And I was saying because I remember watching the video. So I remember how you how you mm -hmm. apparently mispronounced it. And I was like, but I feel like that's right. So I'm with you on that. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Um, You know, and what it was, was is it was I'm excited to talk to this dude. I'm 98, you know, and I'm, I'm pumped. This guy's fascinating. I'm already a fan of him on a I hadn't even started the publishing house yet. So I'm a fan, you know, so all the things, right? We all get here sometimes. So with this though, and mispronouncing his name ahead of the episode release, I knew it was already uh, scheduled to be released. It was ready to go. This is like a day or two before. And so I wasn't, I wasn't in the position I felt to go in and change all of it. Plus it was already in the episode itself, which I don't edit content. I only edit for audio quality for presentation. That's it. So I wasn't going to edit myself being myself because, and I'll tell you why this led to the most beautiful fucking thing. I, I hope, it comes across this way. So <clears throat> uh, I wrote him an email and I said, Peter Shamp Shampoo, I said, uh, I want to just let you know that here's the links to your episode. It'll be out on this day. I really want to thank you for coming on, but also apologize profusely for uh, mentioning your name wrong, pronouncing it wrong. I meant no disrespect. I just want you to l let you know, blah, blah, blah. He wrote a sweet email back. This man's a joy. Uh, you guys have got to have him on. Uh, he wrote this sweet email back and said, you know what? Don't worry about it. He goes, the way that my name is written and pronounced isn't isn't correct in the English language. Like some crazy, like amazing, beautiful shit, right? And that's why, of course, he never corrects anyone in the other five, 12 pronounces, pronunciations I'd heard of it. Now, this did, though, get the attention of one of my audience members. And I'll I'll just read this to you right now. And this is not to call this gentleman out, but... Another thing about me, I don't delete comments. I have no engagement. Most For the most part, I fuck off for engagement with this. I don't care. Right and by, by not care, I am just as... If I give a shit about this one, I have to give a shit about the fact that I give a shit. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's yep. an extra step and scalable where this is now and where it's absolutely going and, and inevitably. I, it's not um, manageable for me at any scale. I'm not going to pay someone to say you right so what i'm saying is is i don't look at these nor do i delete them and i'll tell you why <clears throat> since 18 i've looked at everyone out here as i've been looking in the eyes of myself now i've also was just introduced a drop of this episode maybe a week or two before i was on a zoom call 
Uh, my friend Mira Taylor and I would just get on these like two hour Zoom calls. We fucking swap music. We'd go deep as shit into archetypes and all kinds of stuff. Just and not record it. We'd just hang out. Uh, and so we were speaking on the subject of that uh, the world is a mirror to you, like to your subconscious, right? And this was the first time this was introduced to me. I was blown away by this shit. And she said, yeah, it, it's this idea that what you're experiencing and what you are is what you attract. So then we, you know, get into manifestation on this. And we took it pretty far. So I just was so fresh on this idea of that um, you, the universe is a mirror to you. So what you experience out there is really a piece of you manifesting. Now, again, I, I connected this immediately to that every time I look in the eyes of another, I'm looking at the eyes of myself. So therefore, if you come across something uh, that's an unhealed version of you presenting itself to you as an opportunity to be a greater, grander version of yourself. So mm -hmm. I get this comment. And if you guys have been sitting here again, it's not, it's been up, it's been up for a year. Here's one year ago. It's been up. I don't delete comments. Here's what the comment was from Mr. Peter Slavin is what I'm going to pronounce his name as. I think pronouncing the guest name incorrectly over and over largely negates the laid on thick flattery. You do an author no favors if listeners are not knowing his name, are left not knowing his name, it is not as if it is difficult for an American to pronounce it correctly. Just say shampoo and you'll be close enough. And shampoo, shampoo is actually, okay, and shampoo actually says it himself near the beginning of the interview, okay? So this is basically the man railing me for the thing that I'd already emailed the guy about. I was already self-conscious about, do you, you, you boys do this, you know, how many things go into producing a show? A lot. Yeah. You, on your mind is production, lighting, audio quality, uh, release, hashtags, fucking graphics, fucking thumbnails. Fucking, there are oodles for the listener's backstory here. There are oodles and oodles of things that we are mindful of in this process. Way more than just hitting record and saying, how are you doing? And fart joke, right? Yep. So with this then, out of all of the things that I'm mindful of in this process, even down to make sure that little lamp's got a, a light in it and doesn't go out during the middle of the show, this was the comment that popped up. The thing I was already conscious of, I'd already lamented over, I'd beat myself up over this, guys. Uh, I wrote the guy an email, already very sweet, should have been cleared from my mind, released the episode, this is manifested, same day of release. So I go to Stuart Pierce. <clears throat> Stuart Pierce is awesome. Have you guys ever, uh, I'm going to do this without, okay. Stuart Pierce is badass. Have you ever heard of him? He's the uh, alchemy of voice. This dude's got a fucking voice. I'm going to just play this. This is my shit, so I can copyright it to you. It's fine. All right. Uh, what are we doing here? YouTube, get out of here. Okay. Uh, audio only audience. Check the link in the show notes for the video version. Listen to this dude's voice. She me to say goodbye when she was oh going God. on holiday. This was July of 1997, you know, uh, the early part of July. Okay. Um, and, and I have to say... You know, love something... my ears. Bro, right? So he's called the fucking... <laughs> The alchemy of voice. This dude's uh, taught Shakespeare and like all the Shays, uh, friends with Princess Diana. He spent the last two years of her life with her. He wrote a book about her and like he's fucking incredible. He's cool as shit. Anyway, so this dude on this episode, 112. Okay, now Mr. Uh, Shampoo's episode was 98. Okay, so 14 episodes later over here, uh, we are sitting here looking at Mr. Stuart Pierce on this episode. I bring this up. I said, you know, a funny thing happened a while back. I had a guy named Peter Shampoo on. I was getting introduced to this concept of mirror versions. I explained the whole thing to him and I said, isn't it interesting? And even in there, y'all can listen to this. All, all of it's up for all of this. I, I say something to the effect of like, um, you know, and I, I send him well, I don't, you know, hate him or anything, but it felt like a mirrored version of me that I needed to heal. And it was already something I was thinking of, blah, 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 blah. So 14 episodes later, 
I then go down to the comment section and what do we there have he, here? There he oh. is. There's Peter Slavin. He's back. Hey, Mr. Real quick, real quick, Ray. How I funny know. Is I've been laughing, <laughs> dude, to myself. Real quick, just quick we sidebar. Yeah, we, we had a guy named Peter Smith recently comment on our video because uh. Gio's name is Gio D'Angelo. So as a joke, for the longest time, we've we've referenced him as God being Gio D'Angelo. And the guy actually took offense to the fact that G he thought Gio was referencing himself as God and calling himself uh. a God. And his name was Peter right? Smith. No, Peter Slavin, Peter Smith, trolling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Both it's, apostles, by the way. Hey, so that, what, just think of that. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, we'll get back to it. So, but there was something in you that made you feel that way, and I'll I'll mm -hmm. prove this here to you in just a second. Because again, it was all in my mind that I was thinking of that anyway. It was the one fucking thing I was thinking about, and this was so specific. It needed to be this clear and specific. It needed to hit me where where it did for me to think about this and remember this okay so uh mr slavin uh comes back one year again um uh to comment on this 14 episodes later which meant he stuck around he didn't like bail uh or anything like that he's a listener and a sweetheart so here's here's what he writes uh on that in response to me bringing it up hmm. lovely interview with a very beautiful soul but I am writing to apologize from the bottom of my heart for the meanness of my content about a comment about the pronunciation of Peter Shampoo's name. Its harshness was a product of my own despair and self-doubt. Wow. And the comment did not reflect my larger opinion of this podcast and the host's efforts, which I regard as, in many ways, the best in the space. So I'm very glad that my poison was transmuted into a tonic, which is just another sign of the remarkable, mer remarkably even unequivocally uh, wonderful qualities that the host brings. Another thing I want to uh, point out to anyone listening here is that this was 14 episodes later. This man, think of the vulnerability it took for this guy to do this. Now, this isn't an internet yeah. troll. Neither was he when he was commenting on it originally. This, this is an unhealed version of ourselves. And I saw it as this immediately because I see this because I'm all, I'm all there is, right? And so when I saw this, I was thinking, first of all, if I delete this comment, this man is obviously reaching out and wants to be heard. He has a voice. He has an opinion on something. And perhaps I'm the only one that he's expressed it to. And then if I'm the only one that he's expressed it to, maybe shutting him down would then send him into some crazy, who knows, right? But furthermore, anything like this, it's not a shot at you, how I view it. I'm always speaking from my perspective. That's all I'm going to give you. How I view it is, is this, this has nothing to do with him. This had everything to do with me. But when I came to the understanding and peace with it, he wrote an email back saying he had done the same. I've lately been really, again, playing with this stuff of that, yes, it's a mirror, but to what degree? So one thing before we before I make that point is that I want everybody to notice my audience as well. Okay, a lot of engagement up and down. Okay, if you look at, the original comment. We have a lot of engagement from everybody, okay? Everybody's a uh, great episode. All the love, all the love, all the love. Now, we get, we get down to this one. What do you notice with that comment? No engagement. Fuck all. Yeah. No engagement, which is honestly my biggest recommendation with this. Um, don't take it down. Dude, First this of all, is so relevant, by the way, because I mean, <laughs> continue, yeah. dude. It's so relevant. I'll elaborate. I'll elaborate why. Go ahead. Continue. Of course. I don't want to ruin your flow. Go no, ahead. you're not. Not at all. I love this. Um, so it has zero likes, it has zero dislikes, it has no comments, nobody replied going like, oh, what the fuck, buddy? Uh, it, is, it is not worthy of engagement, meaning that not that it's worth less, because obviously uh, the man has something to say, and it stayed there. 
because it's valuable. Who am I to come in and curate this shit? Again, it's not scalable, but at a deeper, deeper level, beyond the laziness, which it's not, uh, it, it says to me that this person knows that they have a voice here. Now, there's some shit, right, uh, that I'm not a vibrational match for, that obviously, if it was there, I would take it down. But again, I'm not a vibrational match for it. This comment, and I think that's it, and I've been doing the show for two years, this is about the most harsh thing I've seen. Uh, I'm not a vibrational match for that. Therefore, I don't experience it. So again, uh, this has fuck all for uh, likes, engagements, uh, replies. Nobody jumped on this dude because that's my audience. They understand, number one, I don't need to be protected. Number two, that if I left it, I left it for a reason. Therefore, I don't need, right? They don't need to feel that they need to jump in and protect me. The other thing to this, if you go over to Stuart's, if you look at his reply here and his vulnerability, look at that. Engagement, love, comments, everyone liking it. Look at how it blends in beautifully in harmony, even aesthetically, with the rest of everything else. This has a beautiful quality to I'm more proud of this man. This is going to be a TED Talk someday, by the way. And I'm going to put this dude in the front row and give him a jetpack to fly out of there or something. <laughs> high five me on the way out. I um, am so proud of this dude for doing this. And I'm so grateful that he gave us the gift of this example. Because again, now you say, okay, well, if I say that I'm shadow banned, am I really shadow banned or am I shadow banned because I say I'm shadow banned? I'm not shadow banned. And it's because I don't believe in it. I don't, I don't think it's a thing. And so therefore, Beautiful. I don't fuck with it. Uh, the C word, I don't know how far you guys go with this. I didn't, it, it was a thing for me. Therefore, I was 0% affected by it. You get to choose this shit. And examples like this, especially public ones, um, are awesome because they really show you this in a big, big, big way. And now for me to be able to share with you from the from the perspective of the entire event, that's how it is. So you may you know scroll through the YouTube and see a comment and go, huh, that sucks or whatever. Or that's how I feel about that. And then see it and think nothing of it. But this is where the two connect on episode 98 and 112 and also episode 112. So the, this bit of this comes back to this mirror version of you. And now I really want to hear what you guys are talking about. So please. Okay. Oh. Well, all right. So, well, real quick, because so we had we had a post uh, recently and this was aimed towards me that some spiritual lady who had a channel was listening to a short that I had put up from our podcast. And it was me talking. Now, you asked how old I was. I don't know how old you assumed I am, but I have I a very youthful look like I look like I'm young. I sound like I'm young. It just is what it is. So a lot of people will portray me as, what the hell does this kid know? He's a kid. And that's kind of what the comment was portraying. Like, what do you have to teach me? You you look like you're 19. Like, yeah, why would you? What life experience do you have? What, yeah. What life experience do you have? Let alone I've lost my father. Uh, Hurricane Sandy took my house. I've had a lot of death in the family. I'm basically a father figure and older brother figure to my siblings. Like, I have a lot of things that have happened. Like, we all have. We've, I've had my catalyst moments. I'm, you know, on a journey like everyone else. And especially if I'm in this realm, yeah, I've had, obviously I've had experience because I wouldn't be thinking this way. I mean, I think the proof's in the pudding with anybody who has stepped in this field, that if you are talking about this and you have ended up here in this expanded consciousness, searching for something, you know, basic mundane life isn't good enough for you. How could you assume that I don't know anything or that I have no experience? So anyway, I see I, I, how you just explained that is how I kind of had seen it. Like I, I think of energy cords and I think of frequency. I read a book by Penny Pierce called Frequency. And I've always said, like thought to myself, I'm like, if I engage in this, I now have created an energetic cord that's going to plug into me. And now I'm going to, it's going to mirror back. I'm going to see more and more and more of it. It's going to be like this momentum factor. And that's how I see it all. Um, and, and this so, is what, and Ray did stress 
to me. And go ahead. And I'm not trying to put Geo, by the way. On no, the no, spot no, because, no. Go ahead. I mean, in his astrological build, Mercury Aries in the seventh house, he's going to fight. I can be a friends. little fiery. He's going to be. He's <laughs> going to Mercury Aries. He's going to. He's going to fight the war with his Mercury, with his with his communication. But, I, but I was also very professional and very you were very virgo about it yeah you're very virgo about it it was virgo it It was it was it was exquisite criticism and it was to the point and he he didn't he he wasn't arian in the way that he had come at this lady it was more so the fact that it's like you know like look at you like he made her look stupid in a way by responding in this intellect like how could you be this spiritual person geo reiterate i I basically basically i said to her i go you know I go, it's funny coming from you, somebody is older of experience. I go and somebody who is is a spiritual community and and has a voice and everything. I was like, how how naive can you be and ignorant can you be to be able to think that you know somebody's life and their experiences and what shaped them and enough to give them a voice? I go, when you're talking about basically somebody you know, uh, uh, talking about people standing up for themselves, giving themselves their own voice and everything, basically along those lines and just saying it's like and, and that's basically all I said was like, you don't you don't know anything about one of us. And and it's funny because I also knew. So this is where and this is going to connect to even the other comment that was about me. But um, what you said was. Even through that, I guess I guess the reason why I felt to actually even not ignore it was because of the fact, too, that it, it that it wasn't even about me. But in a sort of sense, it was a mirror to me because in, in my sense, I also looked at myself. I, yeah, I've known Ray since high school. Like I've known, you know, and I I may know things about him and his experiences. And that says enough alone. But even then, I know that I don't even know what he's really experienced. So, but I was looking at it still as a standpoint, because you're giving me this perspective too, by what you said, Brandon, but is that, holy shit, I may look like somebody, especially now, like I may look like I got things together and all that stuff and shit's okay in my life and all of that, but like nobody really knows and wouldn't be able to look from the outside to see what I've really gone through and anything. And so like, I guess, so yeah, in a way there was weird triangular mirroring going on of ray but also this woman who i know was like a defector of another spiritual teacher's community who also bashes him and i saw it as more so and this is why i didn't come at her with like the fire of a thousand suns was also because of the sense that i was like i don't think this person is completely okay in the mind uh, they seem like somebody tends to be a little erratic with their emotions and their thoughts. And it's probably on the outskirts. And you know what? This is just their free form of expression and need. They felt the need in some sort of way to, to, to kind of say something in some sort of sense and something allowed them to be justified. And I don't, and, and who am I to judge the way she's judging our, what our experience may be. How am I to judge her experience of, what she may be going through that day, let alone that day, she could be having some sort of frustration, some sort of thing. Yes, it's ill projected. Absolutely. There's no justification of her projection, but I understand that. So, of course, I'm just going to, you know, whereas Ray was just like, I felt no need to feed into that energy. And I was like, absolutely. I agree with you. But it, but it, but my thing was just that I was like, well, I was like, I feel a need to clarify just because 
I feel like in a sort of sense uh, with what we're trying to do to also hold people accountable too. don't don't be a letter of the min. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, a minister of the letter. You know, don't don't just don't just uh, say one thing, you know, actually practice what you preach too. And just just by giving one little innocent comment back, that's the notion. And but it's funny though how what I'm saying how as it connects to the comment about me and stuff too was it's weird because now that I think about it, it is it is a mirror thing that I see within myself because as I even explained on a further episode after that comment because I brought it up um, was that it. It, it was a nickname that I was given in high school. And I remember there was a very uh, popular friend of ours in school that when he, because it was G-O-D, he used to be like, yo, what up, God? What up, God? And he used to constantly say that. And I remember, and I came from a Christian background too, something about it made me uncomfortable. And I used to always be like, yo, stop, don't, don't do that. Like, don't call me that. Like, come on, like laughing it off, but like, don't call me that, you know, in a sort of sense. And but also in the same in the same sense, like it was like, like well, well, should you should you allow that? Should you have some sort of, you know, I'm, I wasn't somebody who had much of an ego and names needed to use my ego to my defense. And I never really did. So it was like this weird confliction within me. But at the time, too, I also given the space that we're in and what we're trying to do, the reason why even with that comment that I felt to respond back, which once again, I didn't respond back in in some derogatory way. And, you know, like I see a lot of these channels and true channels do and stuff like they'll call people vulgar names and stuff back. And, you know, and I just don't see the need for that at all. Absolutely not. But my thing was to clarify, not for his sake, but for who may potentially read that comment. I don't I don't don't necessarily know. We don't necessarily know our audience just yet. You know, we're in that process and I definitely don't want anybody thinking that there's some sort of god complex going on. You know, so that was the only thing that I felt the need to address and stuff too. But also, once again, that's also something to always address within yourself cuz even in that case scenario, to me afterwards was is just like It made me remember what I was doing too, to be like, hey, no matter where things turn with where you take life, where you take this podcast, where you take anything, where you take your studies, make sure you always remain in that space of being loved and being humble, forgiven, being compassionate and stuff. And like, it was just a good refresher and a good reminder too. Yeah. And well, and it real quick and it led me to, and I, it's funny, I found, cause I'm learning how to learn too. Cause I have a lot of information I want to retain and all that. And then I thought, cause I used to call, by the way, my audio engineering thing, paradigms productions. Cause I got obsessed. I was listening to a lot of Bob Proctor and I'm like paradigm. I'm like, Oh my God, I've just put a YMZ at the end. It makes it urban <laughs> and hip. So let's make paradigms productions. Uh, anyway, I didn't go with it by the way. I went with blue evolution cause I'm a big uh, dragon ball fan. So I, I was like, ah, I'm going to go with the Vegeta name for my productions company. But anyway, still solid. Oh yeah, dude, blue blue Evo, right? Come come record a blue Evo. But um, yeah, like uh, I I I started thinking. I go, wait a minute. So everyone has mental frameworks. Frameworks has been my word of the week lately. And I go, everyone has a paradigm which they work in, and it's like that set beliefs that you have. And there's that funny word beliefs, right? But we're stuck in this paradigm if we're not malleable and we are fixed and all that. But what framework are you even coming from? You know. And so for me, it's like you know, if you're labeling things and you're immediately coming in and you've boxed yourself in this cube, this framework of this is how I see this type of person, or this is how I see t- this type of podcast or this topic. You know, I, that's the way I see a lot of people is that look 
They just have a framework. They just have a paradigm that they have sunk into. And if I play into that, and if I play into that energy, I'm just going to have to face that energy more. So why let it heal itself in a way? I get that there's a, a, there comes a point where you do have to stand up and you have to say something to if and if you're going to do it the way Geo did it, it's just like hey, there's no emotion here. You let me just let you know that there might be a fault in the way you're seeing it, yeah. but you can also take it as I might be wrong either way. You have the freedom to think whatever you'd like, and I'm I'm with yeah. that. And and that's the thing. We're just like you. Like we're not about removing that. We know that well. Well, that plays into the engagement algorithm. So I, we don't give a shit. And that's the thing. It was not removed. I don't want to remove it because that's the thing. It's like you chose to say those words. Now you have to deal with the repercussions of that of whatever, whichever way somebody reads it. Even if they take it into perspective of which they agree with you, that's fine. But like I'm also we're also in that same sense. Like I'm not about censoring. You know, that's that that goes against everything that if there's probably one belief, it's it's censorship. You know, I'm, I'm not about that. So like, that's why we're not going to take that off. But another thing that I just do want to say real quick that does play into this, which is funny that through what you were saying, I noticed where I have more of um, more of that in that I actually practice what I preach with what you were saying as far as something along those lines is, believe it or not, I do that more so at work. And, and I would like to apply that in other areas of my life because at work, you know, I'm, I'm in the service industry, you know, I, I deal with all different types of people and people that, that try to try to flex their authoritarian muscle and stuff. But my thing is always when I'm confronted with those people that all of a sudden want to get, get in a bunch about something and stuff, I just sit there. One, I remember that this person has no idea what my job is. This person has no idea if they were in my position, you know, they, they, they would understand. So don't take it personally one, because they would get it if they were actually in my position and they understood Two, this says more about them than it does about me. And it doesn't need my reaction because the way I look at it sometimes is this may be somebody who doesn't have that sort of authority in their own life, who doesn't have, um, necessarily something that, 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 that allows that compassion or that understanding to occur and stuff, or they may, they may jump on opportunities to kind of flex some sort of like, well, this is my moment to shine and say what I think. And they may have some other stresses in their life. And to me, that's where my compassion starts to, to rise up because where I'm just like, oh, this person has but is potentially dealing with some inner authoritarian stuff. They maybe they don't have the authority in their own life. So therefore they need to flex it thing. And I talked about this on our podcast before is where I think that was one of the first psychological things that happened during the pandemic and everything was there was a lot of people that decided to take on that role, take on that archetype of the authoritarian and decided to make it their mission because of the fact that it was something that they could cling to because they didn't have necessarily an identity of their own, especially when we were faced with the fact of any identity that you thought that you had is kind of obsolete right now. You know, it didn't matter who you were at the time, doctor, nurse, uh, waiter, uh, anything. Everybody was kind of pretty much in the in uh, riding the same seas at the time, maybe different vessels and different boats and stuff like that. But everybody was riding the same seas. And we all kind of had to hit be hit with the face, the reality of being like, well, shit, uh, kind of doesn't matter who the fuck I am anymore. 
Like I, I, I can't necessarily just identify with my job anymore. So I start taking that in consideration at work. And I notice that it always does something good for me. I always get a good outcome. The people change their attitudes. I don't ever get upset about it and stuff too. And, you know, I, I remain composed and I'm like, man, I was like, if I could just apply that in other areas of my life, I'd be good. And I think the only reason I could do it that good is because I've been doing this for so long, but it needs to carry over. But it's just like you said, it's there is a mirror. You have to see maybe there was times in your own life where you maybe had that moment where you just kind of had that outlash or you're just, you know, kind of, you know, and, but, but also of, of just the fact of just feeding into it. You're going to get it if you're expecting that to happen. You know, it's the, the law of assumption. It's like a boomerang. Always. Mm-hmm. Always comes back to like, and the mirror effect. So uh, and obviously you say you're living by that principle. Um do you, did you have you noticed in your life the more you've recognized the mirror that it tends to show up more and more and more and more because that's what I noticed once I've accepted something into my own framework uh, and I, by the way I actually I don't know if you've ever read Reality Transurfing you, do you know of that Mm-mm. oh I have I'll a PDF it. I, I, yeah I wish if I you want to send it to me that'd be great I will say um, but that's where I got the idea of the mirror effect and the way that the book explains it is that the space of variations is basically like uh, like the Akashic, right? It's like a grid. And we tune ourselves into these certain realities. Like it's not like the law of attraction where you're bringing in things into your life. You're actually tuning into that level where that thing actually already exists, written by a quantum physicist, by the way. So he was he has that outlook. And I've noticed that once you've dropped your guard and you've let things into your paradigm, you start to see these things more, whether it is a lesson to learn about the emotional interaction with people on the internet or other, other and allowing them to express themselves. As soon as you let your guard down and you kind of integrate things in, how, how much of it is it like you notice that these things start to shift and change in your life? Because in mine, it has always shown up basically right away because I'm so open-minded. It's a it's a variety of ways and a variety of timings and all the ways in which it presents itself are in order of the things I need to clear to get to the next thing. So they'll mm-hmm. present themselves as resistance first. And then that's always an opportunity. I view it as an opportunity to be a greater, grander version of myself. I see this in every moment, every moment. And so when you ask about the mirror version, do I see it? I filter this world through a lot of lenses. One of the more consistent ones is that one of the more consistent ways in which I've able to really tap into the empathy is number one to see everybody here as me but also whatever i'm seeing in them as a reflection of what i'm currently holding in me and it's just manifest in front of me it's just a physical example of of what i have an opportunity to clear to be a greater grander version of myself and you you get these constantly uh somebody flips you off somebody cuts you off in traffic any of those times so it's always a moment i see it as an opportunity again to alchemize in that moment if it presents itself as something you'd you'd prefer it not so let's say for example do you do y'all mind if i interpret what i heard about this story about the youtube comment real quick yeah yeah we'd love to hear it how long ago was this that that occurred uh two three episodes both of those yeah yeah past past few weeks yeah last month okay so pretty fresh Mm -hmm. uh how long before you responded to the comment about jay's baby face um Probably, definitely wasn't immediate. Probably about a day or two. What I'm interpreting from this is, and it's my perspective, which is all I can offer. 
it's I have you guys ever read any Castaneda, Carlos Castaneda, when he talks about Don Juan and a separate reality and the tales from Don Juan or any of that stuff? I've I've yet to read a book front to back. I know of the workings. I know what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things he talks about in there, and you can go, I mean, we could filter this conversation through the simulation theory with NPCs. You can filter this through allies being in the form of animal spirits, as uh, Carlos Castaneda, Don Juan would have called them, uh, many things. But how I view comments like that, and what I saw in Mr. Peter Slavin, there was an unhealed version of me. It was an insecurity of mine that I projected onto my reality. It just happened to be in a YouTube comment, but I recognized it right away. It had this signature. It has this frequency to it and i was like oh that's me that's me talking because of my insecurities because that's that was an obvious thing to me and then when i came to the realization about that so did peter slavin this character this Mm. npc if you want to put it in my reality because i no longer needed to carry it within me now i also don't respond to comments and here's why the way that i feel that that energy prefers to be engaged with is with first of all to to engage with that energy from my perspective, it comes at that frequency level and it's not where I am. It's where it's a frequency that resonates within me at a very small vibration that is making the harmony within me out of tune. It's an out of sync instrument. It's an out of tune violin in the orchestra. And this is presents itself in this way for me to correct. This is just how I view it. So whenever something like this pops up again, somebody pissed off at you uh, in traffic. So you're, family member coming at you family is sort of a different dynamic i really see that as a growth center so let's just extrapolate to strangers or anyone in your reality even friends shit like that so when i started looking at it like this i was seeing this as like oh that's a piece of me and then immediately when i healed it in me it responded by healing itself here so Mm -hmm. it was cause and effect cause and effect and it was very immediate and in such a way that i couldn't help but see it this way and so again i don't once i realized it for that it didn't need that was the realization of it, the non-engagement with it at, a, at its frequency, because that puts me out of tune. That takes me off of the conductor stand. I have to walk over there and adjust the tuning of that for that instrument, which means I'm not leading the rest of the orchestra, which means I have a little bit of potential dis- disharmony going. The dude on cymbals is fucking haywire, dude. He needs, you know what I'm saying? So there's a mindfulness that goes with being a CEO of your life. And when you look at something like this and you pay it a lot of attention the rest of the orchestra doesn't know where to go. And so you will find that you'll create a cascade of chaos if you want to put it that way. But one of the, what I realized from this or the lesson I took from it, which again, all I can offer is the opportunity to not engage at its level, meaning not jump off of my podium and go over there and correct it, but to see it and to recognize it because all I need to do to adjust the tuning of any instrument or the performance of any instrument in my orchestra is go identify it. There it is. Yeah, it's that violin right there. Got it. It's in tune and it's in tune. And now we're back. It's that easy. Now, had I have gotten off the podium, commented back to this person, I've written out when, early on, man, um, there were one or two comments that I wrote out everything I was going to do to their mom and erased <laughs> it before I hit send. And then I wrote out every reason why they were wrong. And I was absolutely correct because I was absolutely correct and deleted it. And then I wrote down all that. So they were cathartic. They were for me, but I never hit send because... That would have been taking me from my perspective. That would have been taking me off of the podium to walk over there. And I knew that my attention on that little thing is part of a bigger thing. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's never about the thing. And I always I've man, I've looked at this. It's this has been the deep thing. It's always this that iceberg at the top. The thing reveals the underneath the gift, which is underneath it. Right. 
So with this, again, it, it, it showed me that you're the conductor of this orchestra, that by putting a lot of focus on something that was a mirror to me anyway, by greeting it with a certain energy at its frequency, that was missing the mark as far as the opportunity for me in my mind to be a greater, greater version of myself in that moment. So what I decided to do, not engage at all. I didn't uh, engage with the frequency at all. No likes, no comments, no replies, no matter how eloquent. And I, I'm a writer. I can write. Right. I had eloquent points of everything. But again, I, I looked back at it and said, that's an unhealed version of me. Now, would I want to receive something like that? Or could I even receive the information? Because obviously, if I didn't craft that myself or even wrote to begin with from this frequency, I don't have the understandings contained within to comprehend the understandings contained within. No matter what, how eloquent they were, I'm not at the same reading level from this commenter's perspective, from this unhealed version of me's perspective. It doesn't read at the same level I do. It doesn't read at the understanding of the comment. So how I'm interpreting this and with all love and respect is, is that you, Jay, already had an insecurity about your baby face being a question, a questionable element to the presentation of the validity of your mission. And this was already something stuck within you because the way you presented it when you spoke about it a minute ago was that people always blah, blah, my face, right? So you have this already ingrained expectation of you for it to be a piece of resistance and so therefore it manifested in your life now the other thing to this is geo your partner your sidekick your your ride or die uh as well-intentioned as he is hops in not as a means that you can't take care of yourself it's got nothing to do with that it's a pack mentality you guys are a team so you hop in and you craft this beautifully eloquent thing but it was also an opportunity for you to be a greater greater version of yourself to address the fact that this has been an on Jay's mind and then to let him know and free himself from it so that it doesn't manifest anymore. So this is the way I interpret this. When I see things, I'm going to point out there, but what I mean is out there, I see them as me. And so I then take the opportunity because also the way I see like healing your ancestor, like healing any part of you, like healing your past, like trauma and shit like this and say the upbringing, whatever it you're at any point you in your life you are right now you're the spirit guide for any one of you behind you so if you look at that but if you take it then to scale just sort of the way i view things is as this mirror then you say that thank god that it pops up like this because the insecurities in me i don't have to fumble around for they're not hidden they're right here in my face all the time all i have to do is have the eyes and love and awareness to see them that way heal from them and boom level unlocked you know uh, achievement your orchestra is back in tune but again with this i see it as an opportunity to be what i would want to be responded to so if i bash on this dude again no matter how eloquent it misses the mark for what i'm here to do which is to empower people to give them back to themselves and to be an example to be a lighthouse of what's possible here Beautiful. this is what i just how i see it guys uh, and it took it's taken a minute to get here, but here we are. And this is ever evolving and ever changing. I mean, this could be bullshit in a week and I'd be fine with it. Like I'm okay with being here, but also knowing that it's flexible. Like I'm not going to stay here. I'm, I'm, and I know that but that's why I'm gifted awarenesses like this constantly from the muse. Cause I'm, I'm okay with leveling up when I did DMT about a month ago, uh, out in Atlanta, when I'm at the five tribe, they flew me out there, did DMT on their chair. It was fucking magical. Five stars, by the way, would recommend. I've done ayahuasca, um, and I've been a psychonaut for a long time, but this DMT that smoked was very different. It's, uh, again, five stars, very short commitment, no real body um, anxiety or anything like that. Anyway, 
but when I did that, it was uh, yes. It was always yes, 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 yes. There were entities there that were greeting me. They kept inviting me further. And I said yes, without fear, yes. The shadow creature came up, stared at the face, yes, my way through the next fucking thing. Um, and, and so it's this constant um, willingness. You know, my curiosity has always been a slightly bigger tick than my fear. And so that's led me to just the most amazing things and to some of these things because it's scary to look at this stuff. You know, when you really, this is a head trip. I know I kind of breeze over this because I'm very comfortable with talking about it because I do quite a bit and I think about it quite a bit. But I'm also now gifted with the awareness that a lot of folks in the audience probably are greeting this idea for the first time. And like, let's say, or at least, you know, y'all have expanded on it. We're expanding on it here. And I know that that can be um, heavy. So play with this though, you know, um, because now when you look around, you'll, you know, beyond the NPC thing, like nothing's real. It's use. It's, it's all the stuff. And I'll be honest, guys, I don't get a lot of bullshit in my life. I, I don't, um, I'm not a vibrational match for it. I've, I've done it, you know, and it's boring to me. Like it doesn't get my attention, which is why I don't get it. Um, seeing it, just seeing it like this, you know, it's freeing as fuck. It's, it, there's a book, uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz called the four agreements. You guys have read this. Yes. I have. Yes. Geo, Mm-mm, we're no, sending it to you. I'm going to send you a farted yeah, on. Great, I'm gonna, great book. That was gonna, on. I saw. I was like, I'm thinking, grow rich, outwitting the devil, and then the four agreements was was mixed in with with those uh, that era of my my book reading. All right, Geo, email me your address. I'm going to fart on a copy and send it to you. Okay. All right. So, uh, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The fart is a gift of love. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. It has the four agreements in there, and it basically just talks about these four reductive things. Like it's very simple. You know, this place is so fucking simple, which is why when you look out there and you see all the noise, and you're like, oh, why is it so loud? And why are there so many things all the time? And why are there so many things that ask for my attention? You know, they demand it. You know, and anything that does that, in my mind, I've just trained myself to look at this place like anything yelling at you for attention. Uh, you know, probably isn't good for the for the flow of your life. Like I have no notifications turned on on my shit. I appreciate you guys being patient on setting this whole thing up um, because I have no notifications. I check it when I check it. Like it doesn't demand my attention. It doesn't pull me out of my moment of now. And that's how I've eliminated a lot of the fucking noise, man. And that's what I see is noise. It's easy to pop the bubbles. I'm just like, oh yeah, fuck you media. Fuck you this, fuck you that. I detach from all of it. I don't fucking, I don't look at it anymore. I've long since considered myself a conspiracy theorist for a long time. And now I'm, hard on the conspiracy analyst the uh charlie robinson we are we are too we yeah, are so too. you just don't attach to it you know mm-hmm. so yeah. it's with all of this shit that you you can evolve you grow you don't attach to the ideas and just keep moving but anyway uh thank you for you know let me kind of see that the way i saw it maybe that helped you guys maybe it didn't but that's just the way i saw it, it and only because again of the two clear examples of these that i've given you that i have that much confidence in saying it that way mm-hmm. and I have many more. There's a tactic, that, not tactic. There's a exercise I've been engaged in where I've been viewing this place as that we, let's say this is a simulation just for shits and gigs. And it can be fun and, and freaky woo-woo at the same time. Let's say this is a simulation and that this place responds to what you think of it. So let's say it's like the Truman Show and that the people around you, everything, your in-laws, your wife, your uh, everyone, responds to the way that you think about them in the way that if you want to let's keep it at Truman show that you write the scripts for all the people in your life because of the way that you think about them a clear example of this would be when i started thinking differently about myself i changed my my script changed uh, immediately things changed within my environment now there were still things in my life opportunities for me to be a greater greater version of myself that existed that i was working through at breakneck peace now 
one of the understandings I got to is whenever my mother-in-law would call, my wife would show me the phone. It was her mom. And we'd both roll our eyes. We'd go, oh, get fucked. You know what I mean? Even this enlightened dude sitting here had Neil Donald Walsh on the show, sitting here saying, oh, I've, I've got this figured out, which is silly, by the way. Um, I do not. Uh, then, you know, was sitting here immediately dragged back into this frequency and I felt it. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here again? Like, what is this feeling? Like, why am I so happy about gossip about someone feeling good that someone else has something uh, that's going on that's horrible in comparison to what I've got going on? I've got my shit figured out in comparison to that. And aren't you glad you're not like your mom, my wife? And we agree with this. And it was this whole energy. And then what I did was uh, my wife and I talked about it one day and I was like, you know, I'm really into this idea of writing new scripts for the people in our lives. Now, we've been playing with this by when we go out, we get the best employees, right? So anyone uh, that presents us at like a food counter or something, the most amazing person ever. We get front row parking spots like these are just things you play with. Right. So I started we started dialing it into the people immediately in our lives or the unhealed versions of us that we had opportunities to do so or present new new perspectives to, which is all we can do. We can show you the door. Right. Uh, and so we present these perspectives in a new way. I said, well, let's be actionable about this because I'm not a push and pushed by the tide kind of guy. I'm very sovereign. I'm very, this is what I'm here to do. I'm very stubborn in that moment of Leo rising. So uh, I said, well, let's be actionable about this. You know, I'm not into the push and pull of fucking anything, especially your mom, so, <laughs> your fucking mom, right? And so <laughs> we said, you know, in that moment, we said, you know what? She's When she's calling right now, she's got great information. She's doing the best she can with the information she has at the time she's given new information that gift her new awarenesses constantly and she's fucking crushing it and she's calling us right now to tell us that now the way i visualized this was on the other end of that phone because there is no time if you want to say this in real time she is being given the script that we're giving her to present to us when we answer the phone when we're ready to engage with this character in our lives which right now is in the form of a mother-in-law or mary's mom then we get to say she gets to look at that script before we hit answer and go they're finally writing me a good part. They're finally happy for me. They're finally wishing me well. They're finally sending me good intention instead of using that fuel to make themselves feel better and build their egos up that they're not me or that I'm over here and they're over there. It's a separation thing. But when we invited her energy to participate in the new script that we had presented for her of new awarenesses and new amazing and new abundance, guess what happened when we answered that phone, gentlemen? Mm. She had yeah. just left an incredibly toxic relationship by abruptly picking up and moving one of these moves. And I dropped into that uh, jokingly because you feel the energy of it. One of these moves is that she moved out to this guy out to New Mexico. But that time when she answered the phone and we decided to be different about it, she had left that guy and booked a one month stay down in Iquitos, Peru to go to Carlos Tanner and do ayahuasca for a month and heal herself. That was what happened when we changed the script. We wrote a new script for my mother-in-law, her mom, and she went down to fucking Peru for a month. This is not that 70-year-old white, uh, super prim, fake boob, like Texas, like uh, spoiled, re you know what I mean? White chick, yeah. you know, the most white thing you could imagine. And she just up and went down to Peru for a month and did this healing. And so, again, I mean, I've written new scripts for everyone in my life, man, because of the way I think about them. And it's down to this, man. It's down to that's, man... That's when you unlock the shit. That's when that's when it honestly gets scary powerful. That's when it gets fucking scary. So mentally prepare yourselves for this, for like the wow, because we all talk about it. We're, oh yeah, we're powerful. Great. Oh, time doesn't exist. But when you really go in and experience the void in a DMT trip, that's, you don't want that. You you then look at this place as, oh, well, this is uh, something to keep God busy from going insane because it's insane. And it's, you get really tripped out with the way that this place could operate. 
and your power found within it is scary. It can be scary. I'm not going to uh, fucking project any. I'm not going to give you a coloring book and fill it in. What I'm saying is it's going to be different in the same way that your highest fear is to your highest elation. It pushes your nervous system in a direction you're not conditioned for. You're not terraformed for. So it takes a terraformation process. This is why like people who blow the fuck up or like get get $400 million in the lottery go back down and even harder like real quick. This is this firework element because they haven't conditioned themselves and their nervous system and their emotions and everything to build on that. This is why like content creators are like, go slow. I've got this sticky note right here. I'll show you. Not that you need it. I don't think you guys would think I'm lying to you, but you see what that says? Oh, yeah. My Mercury Taurus, by the way, loves that. Oh, dude. Wow. And, and, oh, and, slow and, down. And, 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 and slow down for the audio only that's what, <laughs> that, that, Yeah, that's something yeah. that's always. Yeah, that's something that raised uh, Ray's Mercury Taurus is always. I'm going to elaborate making, too. Making sure that it always implements within everything that we do, and you know what? It's true. It it, it always ends up being. It's all true. about substance, man. I've definitely yeah, gotten a lot just, better with that. I've definitely got a lot better with that. Well, I'm a musician. You go so thing. fast by slowing down. You being yeah. a musician, right? How many times mm. have you if, sweet picking or whatever you want to learn, finger pick, whatever, flamenco, whatever big idea thing you want to write all these songs, be a rock star, but the beauty is in sitting there nice and slow, turning the click on. If you can't play it five times slow, you can't play it fast. So you have to it. just slow down. That's my, and by the way, you I had mentioned, uh, this You're is right. where we also connect, by the way. Uh, my grandfather was a Grammy winning jazz guitar player who was actually a Buddhist. I never met him. He, and my middle name's Harry because of him. Uh, Harry Leahy is his name. Um, and my uncle actually plays for us uh, sticks. Um, Dennis DeYoung is, a uh, is the guy from sticks who wrote Mr. Roboto. So I, I come from a big Fucking musical, awesome. yeah. yeah, big musical family. And, th- but that, whether if it was the morphic resonance of my grandfather giving me the Buddhist thing or the music thing or both, I learned that patience and finding the substance and value in things. It's why we came up with the name intrinsic minds because intrinsic, yeah. right? What's inherently valuable about something opposed to like, what's the dopamine hit? What, where's the cheap dope? Like, Oh, if I could sweet pick, well, okay, you could sweet pick, but like, why don't you put that in a phrase for me where I'm going to actually whistle along with it and like it. And you get me to feel something. Right. So even with writing music, it's the same concept. You right. could go in and be the best, this and best that and play the fastest and get to try to get to A to Z as quick as you can. But what's Alan Watts? He said, like, listen to music. Are you listening to music to get to the end of the song? Mm. Or are you actually listening to it to sit in the moment of the song and then feel the moment that you're in? You're not trying to get to the there's many songs I've listened to. I'm like, I, I wish this never ends. I'm a big movie score guy, Hans yeah. Zimmer, uh, Samuel Kim. I, and y- you learn a lot even just from music. And it's funny because the you know, that's what the world is, right? It's it's if you took just sound in itself and music, you could learn everything and anything you would need to know. Tempo, cycles keys, emo- you know, being emotions, you can get so much stuff. And, uh, and that's the beauty of it. And I think my, that's why my Mercury Taurus, which Taurus ruled by Venus, the arts, that's my mind is more accustomed to what value is someone going to get out of this opposed to what cheap dopamine hit, you know, what Gemini thing are they going to get out of this? Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to rattle along and spew these facts at you. And you're going to walk away from the conversation having jack shit other than my opinion. And you thinking that maybe you gained something, but what have you gotten from the conversation? Right. And that's, what's important. And that's honestly, dude, you mentioned the, the issues with conspiracies. I have the issues with the conspiracies and also the spiritual community, because I feel like a lot of it has become 
parroted cheap dopamine hits, razor vibration, or uh, the dark cabal, Joe Biden sniffing kids, some, you know, uh, dark rituals on the ley lines, whatever it is, all that stuff practically could be, it could be proven to be something. But at the end, what value are you getting as a soul from that interaction or from what you're consuming? It's junk food, right? It's like, that's, that's why it's important for me, say, as a Mercury Taurus to love the value of something and try to really tune into the substance of a thing, whether it's a person, which I love your energy. Like with the, like we've only had so many uh, guests on here, David Weiss, Santos, Bonacci, uh, Chintia Govinda. That's, and that's really it. But we've only mm-hmm. tried to attract the, the energy and the, and the, and the people with substance. And I got a amazing. bunch more for you, dude. We're going to fill up your roster. I'd book your whole <laughs> year out, man. I got a bunch of folks to send yeah. you your, Absolutely, a vibrational match for that's 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 been that's been if anything will appease my Mercury Aries is something that we were talking about before too is just the <laughs> fact of like we're so and I think a lot of people are because I've I've spoken to somebody else about this I was just telling Ray um, but the whole I, I get it that it's it's we should be grateful for it it's such an easy convenience to be able to to interact with people in different locations through via the internet and stuff like that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very grateful for it, but I feel like we're further and start actually building up more of a, a, a physicality to it. I mean, I'm a Taurus, like sun and Taurus. So that's why like I resonate every time it always puts, puts my like in, in Taurus always puts my, I will in check because I'm like, well, I know that's what I need. Well, I know Gio, I need that Gio not to cut you off, but remember my Saturn's in cap, man. Like, so my, my yeah. shit squares that Mercury. So Saturn's sitting there like, you know, are you sure you're getting something out of this? Is that yeah. earthy energy, man? I, I remind yeah. you, you know, yeah. vice, and vice versa. Vice I know. Versa. And my North know it's just like, yeah, you know, you, you know, that's what's going to lead you on your path, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you guys but, are fucking um, great. They look great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's I mean. Okay. So, so anyway, so. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of just want to shift the conversation just a little bit, not really shifting sure. it, but, um, okay. So we were just talking about that, this whole thing with, you know, obviously this is something we've been big on with the whole, um, conspiracies and stuff like that. And, 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 and I feel like it's such a, it's such a weird time. And I feel like we're just reaching that pinnacle of a lot of people in the truth com- uh, communities, uh, spiritual communities, uh, uh, you know, all, all these, the conspiracy and stuff like that, where people are starting to get that sense where it's like, why am I even looking into this anymore? You know, we don't want people necessarily to turn away from it. Uh, not, not exactly in that sort of sense. So that's something I want us to elaborate on. And like, I, I, you know, like what, what I sent you in the email is, is kind of these topics of things that, you know, obviously are very relevant, you know, relevant to people. And like, we're all, we're, we're all about wanting to try to, um, talk to people, not for the views and all that stuff and that sort of relevance, but the relevance of what's actually going to be fresh on your mind. That's always that that's going to maybe plant some sort of seed for you to, to kind of maybe, uh, expand your your perception on things rather than just that cheap dopamine hit, you know, of, of you know, everybody's so wrapped up, like, as we're recording this with a lot of the political sh- uh, shit with the judicial system, system of uh, Biden crime family, uh, to Trump uh, sexually assaulted this part, whatever it may be. And it's like, but no matter what is, is we'll start with this. Um, I think the conspiracy part, but my thing about conspiracies 
Um, no matter what, when you when you let everybody do their breaking down, they get the, through the gematria, all this stuff and the symbolism. The Jesuits. It always comes down to that it's some sort of either otherworldly being, otherworldly being, disembodied being, some type of spirit, and it's demonic or it's evil, and and then they just leave it at that. They just leave it at that, and it's like we're just supposed to take your word for it. Now. I know that there's a truth within everything that's being said in a sort of way. There's, there's a truth, there's the other side and you know, whatever, but I want to get your take on this because we, we, you know, we'll, we'll obviously say our part, but me and Ray have had conversations within ourselves and, you know, also, you know, on the podcast, but this is something we're elaborating more on. Let's start with, and, and we'll kind of group this in the same in a sort of sense, and you could kind of divvy it up how you feel necessary when it comes to like, what is your take on aliens or uh, 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 spirits or disembodied beings, like all those types of things, angels, demons? What is your take on that? Oof. I know it's a, it's a loaded question. It's a beautiful question because it's awesome. Um, I would like to start by saying that there are re- remind myself to remind y'all that there are many lenses in which I view this place. So one of those involves what this place is. Have you guys ever seen a Muppet movie? And in fact, have you ever seen Muppets from space? Uh, yeah, my, well, real quick, my cousin calls me a Muppet. <laughs> oh, that's adorable, by the way. That's a, a badge of honor. Uh, I'd wear uh, my, my nickname was uh, was Boober from Fraggle Rock when I was a kid. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Badge of honor. I'd wear the shit out of that shirt. I'll wear a bo- yeah, I should get a Boober shirt. Anyway, Tomorrow. yes, I've seen plenty of the Muppets. Muppets Take Manhattan, by the way, one of the greatest childhood movies I... There you go. Uh, and if I can uh, add another one, Muppets from Space, uh, just because of the soundtrack alone. It's all funk. I love funk. I'm a sucker for it. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the things to notice in there that I uh, thought was interesting was that there's a bunch of people walking around with these Muppets, right? Now, we know from a perspective that they know that they're okay with the fact that they're Muppets. But we as the audience, as the observer watching this movie, know that there is someone underneath that with a hand, okay, in a puppet. And there's a puppet that's very animated. It gets your attention. It looks like something you interact with. It has eyes that are similar to yours as this bipedal action to it. But you can still see the motherfucker crouched underneath, right? This is the way that I see this place. There are real people here. And then there are people underneath with puppets holding them up. Whenever anything from the box comes out, it's somebody with a puppet, in my view. All the political shit, it's one person with two puppets on either hand, red and blue. And they're just mm. getting your attention. This I is how, that. how I view this place. And so very similar to the egregore con- concept. A hundred percent. And so when you act, interact with people on this, they're playing the role. So you're talking to the character and they don't know that they're not that character. They're so invested in this. They, they're, the, they're the folks in the cave looking at shadows. They're portraying this creature that they don't know that there's another perspective to. Just like fish in a pond. Uh, you may go fishing or whatever and you do catch and release. We have this pond out here. We're just catching and releasing all the time. Those fish in there have to think, you know, what the fuck is going on up there, right? It's an environment we can't survive in. Maybe there's something up there. Maybe there's not. But another fish friend of mine, dude, Dave got fucking ganked up by something. Some UFO went to a whole nother world where the atmosphere was bright and there were beings and there were giants and there was fucking green things. We don't even know what that was. And they got tossed back and he's trying to explain this experience. We, I feel, are presented with a version of reality that is meant to make us Feel that it's real for a time. 
It's something that I've been calling lately temporary truths. And temporary truths are in everything, dude. Everything. I find them, uh, like, let's say manifestation's a big one. You have to feel one thing to get to the next level. So at one level, you go, oh, I'm manifesting money. And so I'm going to do it in this way. And then when you get through that enough, you get to the you get through that temporary truth that's been used up. Then you get to a new temporary truth because that's all you're presented with is new temporary truths. Everything about it, no matter what level you're at, and this is why I'll never say I have anything figured out. I'm looking forward to my experiencing my next temporary truth after this one served its purpose. From there, from the money, when you go, oh, actually, this whole time I've been thinking I needed to do money, but what it did was it allowed me that tactile time to be invested in the process, which actually gave me the awareness once I was ready for it to see that actually it's not money that I want, it's freedom that I want. And so what I'm doing is I'm aligning to the version of freedom, which is really what money gives me. Now, if I align to that, money has to come because that's part of freedom because I've established that, right? So again, you're, and then, but even from there, that's a temporary truth because even beyond that, it's about alignment. Where I'm at now is it's about alignment. So I've not manifested shit. I've been being in perfect, absolute alignment to my highest authenticity, actually the force of, not my highest associating, I'm not accessing anything, I'm embodying the force of authenticity, elation, and service, and in that order. If I'm the happiest motherfucker, uh, I'm the happiest motherfucker because I'm the most me, if I'm both of those things, I'm going to be of the highest level of service. So that's all I've been aligning to, and I haven't been specific about shit. I've cast a wide net with this and just been in full flow and surrender. I said, all right, motherfucker, here's what I'm. here's what I've got. I don't care how you bring it. It's that or something better. That's the only only time I do that, that or something better. So when we get back to the way that reality is viewed, there's this concept of a bad guy. And there's a lot of puppets here, people holding up puppets that play roles. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, my puppet feels this way. They are getting the shot. They're advertising it on Facebook. They're not into Ukraine, but then somebody else is. So they're at odds with that, even though they agree on a thousand other points, that one actually. And so our characters have so many different stories and nuances and they there's so many things to wrap up into and to remember and to be focused on. And oh yeah, we don't like that guy anymore. And no, 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 that that person's not part of our tribe. And all the time these folks are squatting around under with these puppets, bumping around into each other, uncomfortable in the squatty position, playing these roles that there's it's elaborate and it's noisy and it's loud and it's competitive in a way that's never ending. And when you see it this way, you're just like, oh, okay, I get it. It's it's got nothing to do with that. It's about the way that I view it. So from this then. The puppets that argue, the puppets that kill each other, the puppets that do horrible things that were presented with the idea exist, which is all I can prove. Then you say, well, then there must be this huge war going on. There must be this thing that I must be involved in the participation of the waking up of because I put on a white hat. My puppet that I'm puppeting has a white hat on. That's right. Yeah, yeah I can see it. We're not on that team. We're on this team. But that other team feels the exact same way. So if you scale it back, you look at it like a play, right? Uh, back to Bill Hicks, it's just a ride. Back to Dolores Cannon, it's all a play. Pat Mahan and I have gotten on some awesome conversations on this. Again, a guy you got to have on. It's it's done already. Get out of here with that. Um, this dude uh, and I talk about the no bad guy thing. There's no bad guy here from my perspective. Nothing out here is here to harm me. Nothing here is to here to hurt me. It's all here to teach me because if God is all there is and God is all there is, God's also the shit that we don't prefer here. The trafficking that we say is going on, that's God. There is no hell, therefore Hitler went to heaven. This is in that book. I've been sitting with these ideas for a very long time, and I see it from such an awesome perspective that I'm very comfortable with that is in no way passive. This is well beyond the scared, fortified, 
I live in Texas. We know how to in a garden, not the gardener in a war. I have no need to protect myself. I have no need to feel that I need to be protected. I'm not in that. I'm not a vibrational match for those situations here. So therefore, I don't experience them. So the way that I look at this place again is the things out there, the Klaus Schanel Schwab's and shit, they're projecting an option of experience for us as a collective. Now, if we choose differently than that, we have if that's an option of experience we prefer, which is always a choice. You're not forced to do fuck all here. And the contact phenomenon is very um, clear about that. The aliens will be like, hey, can we do shit to you? And they'll be like, no. And they're like, all right, go sit over there. We'll drop you off later. Uh, sovereignty is huge. No one's going to pin you down and do anything to you. The idea that it can happen must exist for you to feel that it does, but it's not a reality. And everyone can answer this honestly. Anything beyond that is lessons. Now, this is one of these conversations, guys, that your audience is prepared for. Uh, but this this is a high level of emotional maturity, as we call this, because this is not an easy thing to talk about. If you've ever had anything horrible happen to you and you still feel that that is the way that it is, my heart is out there and empathetic to you. I always can only speak from my perspective. Now, when we talk about this again, to see it from a play perspective, your Klaus Shanos, Robs, and all that shit. They hope you don't choose it. That's a shitty option, and they know that. They're here to play the role of an employee of a matrix, of a system that presents things to you that fucking suck. And again, you have the option to sit and bitch about it, point out all the reasons why it's not good, and sit in that. And that's, a, that's an option of experience. And you could sit there with it, and you could bitch about it as they completely roll it out underneath you because there was no action beyond observation. So you're given observation... You're given inspiration after that, which gives you inspired action to follow up on. So I truly see this place as we are the deliberate creators. There's a system here. There are employees that present you obstacles and opportunities of experience. If you choose against those, then your job is to create something different. No one's coming to save you. It's, it's back to the Bolshevik revolution shit. It's back to the Q shit. It's back to the, oh, just hang back. We've got this. Just don't worry about it. Go back to eating your pizzas and watching your football and drinking your whatever you want. That's not diametrically opposed with your beliefs. Uh, so all of those things in my mind are again, invitations for you to re-enter the matrix, just go back. But again, but really I see them as opportunities uh, to be a greater, greater version of our selves. Cause now we're coming to these huge awarenesses as a tribe, as y'all said, uh, the bringing it into the physical, you're absolutely right. Um, just got invited to, and my wife just, and I just came back from uh, the contact at the Canyon event that uh, Grimerica puts on. And that was incredible, guys. This is, you know, 40-something people in a badass cabin. Uh, Brandon Powell was there doing cold plunges, breath work. We're like under the stars doing this stuff with David Matheson. So these people I've had on the show are now in my physical reality. Now, I made that happen. I know this because we decided that now is the time that we are all ready to come together. Since then, Dr. Doug Matsky, the dude, this author of this book has come to my house. We put up a satellite dish with this wish unit that's fucking pumping out dope energy all over the place. Our place was remote viewed to get that done. He showed up at the house. Uh, then we had Steve Hayes fly in. He's this huge orchard guy that developed an app. And this all has to do with something exciting for Tribe that we're working on. But he flew in here for us to talk about some stuff for Tribe. But this dude like developed the app that's now worth uh, $100 billion, something like that on uh, by Sony, something like this. So he's working with us for the Fi Tribe stuff and building a native app for them. And then uh, all of these just amazing things. So 
if you choose to look at this place that there are things out there that are dangerous and going to hurt you, that is your puppet responding in character is the way that I see it. So I took my puppet off a long time ago. He's hanging in some fucking closet somewhere. He's awesome. I, I didn't throw him out because it's part of me. It's a it's your shadow, if you want to call it. It's it's that part of you. But I haven't I haven't worn that thing. I haven't put that damn thing on in a long time. You know, it doesn't. It's boring. I mean, that's it. It's just boring to sit there and go, "That's fucked up." And yeah, it is fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, it is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, it is fucked up, isn't it? And conversation yeah, gotta, after conversation after year after it. year, exactly. And yeah. so being empowered with this then would be where you see this place as there are no bad guys and that the things that you find to be demons in your life, if you anthropomorphize them that way, are high-fiving themselves when you choose against the option they presented for you. They only presented it as a shitty option for you not to pick. And it's when you pick it that they're like, ah, oh, fuck, how are we going to scale this up for this motherfucker to redirect? Mm-hmm. I, was, I was given this badass metaphor. You're given a feather, a brick, and then a truck. You're given opportunities to get on course, to be here, to be why you're here. You're naturally drawn to shit. And when you're in disdain and disease and shit, that's because you're fighting against that. You're given a feather at first. It's this little thing that just queefs against your face. You're like, this little, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> pay attention. A bum and bum. if you don't, yeah, a little, little, little <laughs> boop. And if you don't, you get a brick. Bricks suck, right? It's not going to kill you, but man, it fucking sucks. It gets your attention. If you then go fuck you brick i'm just gonna truck immediately you're gonna get hit at these levels and they will reduce you down to the point of surrender now if you can see this in advance you live in surrender you don't even see feathers anymore there's nobody losing feathers and when they come down you greet them in your hand and you blow them off i don't get trucks i don't get fucking bricks i see feathers maybe but even then they are so easy to identify it's like that quicksilver in x-men you know when everything's in slow motion that's what it feels like. It feels like this with the matrix. I get what they're talking about. Everything slows down because you're not caught up in the fact that it gets your attention so much that you're spun into a vibrational roller coaster that is a familiar ride for all of us, man. It's a- mm-hmm. Yeah, I immediately, by the way, thought of the uh, symbolism of Home Alone where Marv and Harry are on top of the roof throwing the bricks yeah, yeah, there you suck go. Suck brick, kid. You know, and if you're <laughs> if you're a little, you know, Kevin, and you know, you just sidestep those bricks or whatever. You don't have to get hit by them if you know that exactly. the bricks are coming. Take the action to sidestep and start taking action. Right? Yeah, I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of folks will stand there. Oh my god, it's coming! It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! Have you ever seen Austin Powers? You know, when the steamroller uh, rolls yeah. real slow, <laughs> and he's like, no. When he stands there in front of it, but it takes him forever. He has to fill Get his lungs <laughs> several times to continue to scream no. And they're saying, just move, just move. This is a great metaphor for this shit. You get so much opportunity and you don't have to let things go to absolute shit. Now, there's a part of that manifestation that's called a tower moment in tarot where once you truly commit in a line, the things that are not in vibrational match with that, they fucking go away and they go away quick. Just again, another opportunity for you to be a greater, grander version of yourself and know you invited that and know it's part of the process. It's a fascinating awesome. place, guys. This is yeah, a I, fascinating yeah, fucking yeah. place, man. I, I just I just have something to build off that because exactly it's so see, see, this is this is this is exactly everything that you said is I feel like the aspect that a lot of people in the said communities that I just said, they miss that process. They miss that, they miss that that's actually the message 
you know, even it doesn't matter on the teacher too. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't really matter on the teacher who's presenting the information. Maybe they're just throwing out numbers at you and symbolism and the gematria and this thing and the next thing and this conspiracy and what's going on in the world and all that stuff. But they they don't have the mental process or the spiritual process to be able to to transmute these things into something like you're saying of understanding or understanding more so of to be like, well, oh, this is about me. This is about me um, uh, um, uh, shifting my awareness and 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 being able to know uh more so being able to be attuned to certain frequencies to 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 either not be on something or to be on something and and they and they they leave that they don't they don't go into that i'm not saying that everybody does that there's a lot of it's, people it's, that it's do obsession that obsession over narrative that's what you're looking for yes and that's the thing and that's my thing that it's like all right where this is where I think me and Ray are taking on the more challenging role where sometimes we want to be like, all right, well, fine. If you don't want if if you're not immediately understanding or seeing between the lines of of what the message is with maybe some of these so-called conspiracies or something like that, or or just these weird demonic energies that are coming at you and or or being presented to us in some sort of way, then then let's, you know let's maybe more so look at the uh, potential origins, I guess, of, of, of these manifested energies and stuff, which, you know, little, little foreshadowing, it's always going to be about you, but we'll get there. But the thing is, is that I think a lot of people can't uh, grasp that idea. And especially because of so many narratives that have been given throughout time and in the deep occult history and religion and all these things like that's where it's like where 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 I I, I, I and I, I feel maybe Ray at, time, at times too. But like I, I I have such this deep obsession with wanting to clarify, you know, as best as possible of of maybe the origins with 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 certain understandings of of, you know, things like possession, demons, angels, aliens, you know, all that all that stuff. And on all these different types of energies and what we know with combined sciences, religions, uh, certain occult doctrine and all that stuff is bridge the gap to understand maybe where some of these things come from. Like, let's just say, you know. There's there's so many people that want to, you know, like, for example, when the Balenciaga thing happened, everybody right away had a focus on on ball and everything that had to do with ball and 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 that demon and stuff. And it's like, why are they even given names? Like, how do we how do we know things are actually being manifested? Like, who says that's a thing that already existed? Why does it exist? You know, in that sort of sense or Osmodius or Baphomet and all, all that stuff. It's like. Anytime you hear about that stuff, I mean, sh point me in a direction that says else elsewhere, but everything always just says those names or those things. And it's just left at that. And it's like, well, well, why is it? Why, why is it that thing? Why is it Baphomet? Why is it Asmodeus? Why is it Baal? Why is it uh, Bohemoth? Like, why, why, why are you just saying it's a demon? 
and and where does that demon come from you're just chalking it up once again to another bad guy with some sort of long lineage line name and it's like what what does that really do for me that just makes me have to believe that there's just some sort of bad spirit and therefore um uh based on what i know at least i'm just like well that means i have to feed into it then because i have to believe that that's that's something in existence so it's like where does that really come from why does that exist is that a collective thought and i think this is where me and ray have kind of come into it and me and him had a good conversation if you could tap back into that conversation that we had on the phone and how you started to elaborate it where you said and and using morphic resonance and using this whole um uh, god i'm trying to remember how you even said it too because it made the most sense in that way when you want to go back on history when you want to go back on civilizations and more so of just uh, anthropomorphizing all this stuff and and using archetypes to 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 trying to transform I, I some of I, these frequencies and energies, right? Yeah. So I, I remember maybe, my point. Uh, yeah. Okay. So maybe you could thought. take it from there. No, uh, no. Maybe you could take it from there. It's like electricity, right? Or anything else in this reality is a symbol, and then so within the symbols of this reality, it's how we name them to be, right? So if anything in this electricity could cook my dinner, it could cook a man to death, right? So like it's inherently neutral until we decide that it is bad or good or however you want to color it in. When it comes to these rituals and the dark Baphomet and all that, these are symbols. So to me, I look at all of this stuff as how it was colored in. So if we're looking at the rituals and we're looking at the numbers and all that, yeah, we're tapping into that version of reality where it is being expressed in a negative way. We're watching the electricity at that point cook the person opposed to watching it cook our food to bring nourishment and food into our life and all of that. So to me, in the way I see it, most people are feeding into that egregore that's why i love the concept of egregore or by the way and you dude you are going to love the more you talk before, yeah you like, are you're gonna love transurfing dude because the idea mm -hmm. of say what we would call an egregore in the occult would be also called a pendulum in transurfing and so how he describes it is you have a thought construct re republican democrat that's now a paradigm in itself and what a pendulum does is the more you feed it energy whatever side it is good bad red blue doesn't matter your thought energy goes into that system into that paradigm you are now regardless if you're denying it or you're embracing it you are feeding it the energy so you are actually pushing the pendulum you're giving so it existence if you are anti-biden you are still actually pushing the biden energy you're actually getting the pendulum to swing more so the more you scream ritual conspiracy baphomet that the expression that that now originally was an intended to, whether if it was by the occult, whether by the puppets, right, or by whoever else who's controlling those puppets, because you're screaming at that energy, the pendulum has now been pushed more. And now what that does is it actually speeds it up, makes it more powerful, gives it more energy. And now that shows up more in your life. So now that you've cried out conspiracy and you've cried out that this is evil, now that reality, like the mirror effect, like you speak of, is now going to say, okay, well, this person's screaming this. It, I don't hear whether you like it or that you don't like it. I just hear you, you, you're screaming that frequency. So now that has to now show up in your life more and more and more. So my my big thing with the conspiracy community is that that's my problem with it, is that when you are constantly yelling that back at that energy with the same energy or with it, the fact that it's something you have to defeat. Now, reality, you have decided for reality to give you that is 
something you have to defeat. You it's have a now worthy created, adversary. Now. You've created the enemy, but the enemy is actually you in the end because what it is is you've actually allowed yourself to be swindled into the pendulum vortex, and now you are involved in that. That's why. And what got me big into this, by the way, sorry, I'm sidebarring here, but what got me big is there's a there's a there's a channel called Quantum of Conscience. His name is Matt McKinley. And he started talking about how during the pandemic, it seemed like everyone was on a frequency, right? And this guy's not an occult guy. He's just a Virgo, by the way, but just a, strictly an observer, right? And he had great, great ways of putting this, what he was watching into perspective without knowing some Blavatsky or knowing Manly P. Hall. Or, and he makes fun of that shit, by the way, where he's like, I don't need to know all this esoteric crap to see it. You, you watch people end up kind of sink into a frequency and they become the archetype themselves. So within, say, Republican, Democrat, you have so many different archetypes within that. And when I'm listening to him, I go, yeah, they're sucked into the pendulum playing a part in that swing of the pendulum. And so now they're not even thinking their own thoughts anymore. They're no longer individuated. They are overcome by the frequency, by the egregore or the pendulum of, the, of, of that paradigm. And you're now tuning in. It's why trans surfing is amazing, man, because you, you tune in into the space of variations. You've now entered that level of reality where you can only experience what you've labeled that experience as. So if you take a step back and you go 10,000 feet in the air and you look down on reality and you say, well, actually, I get to choose. Like, it, it, And if I'm noticing something come up in my life, it's, it's giving me a message opposed to uh, what, what is it? conspiracy theorists. They're rubbing it in our face. They're mocking us. They're the, and I hate when they go the occult. There's no the, that's like saying the happy, or that's like saying the spiritual. Oh, those people are the spiritual. No, they're not. They're practicing spiritual principles. Same thing with the occult. Stop giving these people so much power by your observation. Uh, Yeah, sorry. Rant over. But yeah, that's love it. Yeah. No, no apology needed. And you're both absolutely correct. What you uh, feed persists, you know? Um, So, there's that metaphor, the grandfather and the grandson watching two wolves, one named love, one named fear. And the grandson asks the grandfather, which one grows? And the grandfather, of course, answers whichever one you feed. So if you wish to mm-hmm. change things, first of all, it's all right here. Go within. You've got to go with uh, my recommendation. I never tell anyone what to do. What I did was I went within and I quieted all the noise. And at this moment in time, I'm you know in Alt Media United. I participate in Union of the Unwanted all the time. I love all those guys and I love what they're doing and they're incredibly powerful and absolutely correct. I don't feel the need to wake anyone up. I don't feel the need to fulfill anyone's karma. I don't feel that that is my role. I am beyond also that and so detached from it to where, like I said, I wouldn't know where to give you a news story. I have no idea what's going on. I'm so far removed from that world because I'm too busy creating. I'm too productive with what my actual mission is here. And what that involved was is to recognize those things as a distraction that had nothing to do with me. Bill Hicks calling it back as he said, you know, on the news, and this is back in the 90s, he's talking about this stuff. You know, on the news, they say war, famine, dis- death, destruction, havoc, depression, uh, all of these things that he goes. And then you look out your window and, and it's crickets. He goes, where the fuck is all this shit happening? And that really made me think, and it's one of these things to where there's a difference between danger and threat. Those are two very different things. Now, the world wants you to believe, and we'll just say the matrix, which is just another version of you. It's the part of you that motivates the parts of us, the individuated pieces of consciousness that don't see things the way that we do, that don't read at the same level. Because obviously, if folks did, then those things wouldn't exist, number one, because they're there for a reason as an equal and opposite reaction, right? to motivate those parts of us. I consider them like brooms. They're like sweeping up the 
parts of consciousness that are like, ah, get fucked. But it's it's happening either way. This expansion, this awareness, this conscious, whatever you want to say, it's happening. And it's happening all the time, by the way. But it, it what I feel now is what happened in 2020 was the catalyst, right? It was the wake up. It was the parts of ourselves that we have assigned to be the bad guy. They're not, in my mind, the bad guy. But those were the ones that said, all right, start the sweeping. Kick mm-hmm. the Zamboni up for you Yankees. Uh, let's, you know, clean it up. And it started running. And if you want to visualize this as a cymatic pattern, the earth clicked, something changed. And in that interim from the pattern we were at, this frequency you talked about, then that pattern switched. Now in that pattern switching, it's not that it just goes, oh, snap your fingers and it's done. What happens in that whenever you visualize the cymatics, which is a speaker on a solid plate with a single tone, a single tone being played with granules of either sand or some sort of uh, particular over it, which makes a pattern. It's a physical manifestation, representation of that frequency. 528 hertz looks different than 432, right? And so what I feel is a great metaphor for what occurred in 2024, our consciousness as a whole, is that it switched frequencies. Now, again, it was switching frequencies. So there is, again, not an immediate thing. And if you watch cymatic patterns, when they switch from 432 to 528, there's a moment in there where it's chaos. It's absolute fucking chaos. All the... Shit's running around. The old pattern has completely dissolved, like the caterpillar that completely dissolved itself into a goo inside the cocoon. It's complete chaos. Fucking nothing makes sense. This is the wake up, if you want to say it. But this is where, in my mind, we realized it was a game. We realized that we were actors playing a role. But the role is so great, and the thing is so awesome for a large percentage of our psyche, which, again, I don't view as other people. I view as our psyche, our collective as the same thing as me just experiencing a different part of consciousness in a different way, then once I looked at it like that, I was just like, oh, okay, then I just remove myself from the parts of it that don't apply to me. And again, you feed that egregore. So at a, as a whole, one could say that if we all just for one day turn the news off, it wouldn't present itself in the way that it does to us. It only does so because we choose, and I'm putting we in big, big uh, arm hugs here, all of us choose to experience that that way. Again, the second you stop feeding it, your energy, this egregore concept, completely on board with this, uh, you know, why do they exist at all? Representations of the darkness of man, then we give them power, then they walk among us. There are many things like this. Now, I create, I've created, I was gifted by the muse, is how I will put it. Uh, my own egregore, uh, the thought ninja, and this was gifted to me at like the most important time ever. I've got a t-shirt about it. I've been on a lot of shows talking about it. It's an egregore I empowered to make sure that my thoughts were at a certain vibrational threshold, like a bouncer for my mind. Change hmm. my fucking life, dude. Change wow. my life. Uh, and he's awesome. Now, other people have like fleet of fairies. My wife has a little fleet of fairies that will act, uh, act as the same representative for her. Uh, other people, White Rabbit, Catalyst Jones has his. This is a Mortal Kombat figure. And uh, it's just really interesting. So we can do this at any time with anything. And so when you realize that when you pull your energy and attention from that it no longer gets fed so it's now starving a little bit and if you think about the reaction from the matrix right it plays a role what its role is to survive as well it needs to be totally embedded in its puppet it needs to think it's doing the fuck out of its job and for all these reasons like thanos right it has to know that it has a virtuous reasons in which it's per it's playing this part as do we which is why again if you scale it back it's all a big game of you playing you in a game of how you doing, you know, is how I look at this place. So the things that seem heavy and all of that stuff, they're only relevant to you as long as you see this place is out of your control, 
that you have control of it in the first place and that you need to be saved, which I know sounds very counterintuitive, but that's the way it's phrased. So that's the way I'm going to phrase it. That's the way I have understanding of it, that your control comes in releasing control, that you're just like, oh, that's actually the biggest thing. And that by holding on to this shit, you know, there's this uh, saying that's be strong enough to be gentle, you know, and that it, it only applies to yourself. It always applies to yourself because anyone out there that you're speaking to that comes at you at some reading level that you're exceeding or that you're beyond, you have an opportunity in that moment to prove it. But when you come back, because you need to come with them to argue with them, to compromise the state in which you were in, when you return to that, you're now no different. <clears throat> There's a saying, I think it was Mark Twain, said, never argue with a crazy person because people watching might not know the difference. Meaning that they don't know which one's fucking crazy Ooh. because if you're willing to argue with that person, there's no different than anyone observing's mind. You're just as crazy as them because you have more wherewithal. You have higher awareness, but you chose to come down here and yell at this person. That's not going to get it anyway. They feed off of this level of interaction and they, they got the ability. They got you over here. They tapped you on the shoulder and instead of love and grace, and that's what consciousness does as that opportunity of expansion, you decided to come back down, which is fine. There's no right or wrong here but you're going to be given those things as options of experience. And every time, anything, any little glance at someone, any time you walk through a door with a frown instead of a smile, those are opportunities to be greater, grander versions of yourself. All there is at the moment of now from my perspective. So again, these things that they yell at you, yeah, but in your past and in our past, we maybe, you know, we're presented a narrative. If you really want to get down to the reliability of memory and the, reliability of us being told the truth about our history which is his story then you really get to this point where you're like well all of it's bullshit so then why would i give my attention to something that number one i can't prove and number two feeds that egregore more even though i'm on the virtuous side of it because there's no difference people watching don't know the difference and the fucking experience doesn't care it gets your luge give me your luge it doesn't give a shit so by removing it completely, the same thing I did with Mr. Peter Slavin here, I removed my energy completely from it and scrubbed it clean. I'm out. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing for me because when I see things I don't care for, it's an obvious indicator that it's not a resonant match for me or an option for me to grow. You know, well, the, uh, sorry, Gio, go. No, no. Well, the, go no, no, ahead, the, the ahead, only thing ahead. I was going to say was it's just like when it comes to like the, I guess like with what I was saying and more of the historical side of things, and yes, we know that, history in many cases is is most likely obscured um my thing is like when we look at it not just to look at it as uh that uh, this is what the history book says or this is what modern history says and whatever and that's the fact it's more so like the way i like to do it especially you know pluto scorpio i like to look at more of the deeper depths of the psychology of maybe the people or 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 the the life the life in general during that time and maybe what the conscious energy was was uh uh being presented and what 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 they were more so leaning towards during that time and i feel like maybe that draws a line to some of of maybe some of the the, the the doctrines of what they're saying and stuff like that can maybe show people uh, more so of what the conscious energy was during that time. And when we, if we if we really deeply look at it in that sense, 
And, and therefore, the only reason you would do that, in my opinion, is is just more so to see um, uh, more so just to try to resonate with a certain type of frequency and not saying that you should resonate with whatever frequency that is, but to acknowledge what maybe it was that was uh, uh, coming up at that time and what you could have been presented with, especially with however life was sustained during that time, whatever type of hardships were dealt with and stuff. And, and therefore you can put yourself more so in the character of maybe somebody in that era and then be like, Oh, okay. Well, I could see how my perception would have shifted in this sort of way. And if it shifted in this sort of way, then I'm giving my conscious energy. I'm giving my attention to maybe this area. And therefore with the rest of maybe what society is, especially with what is his story, right. And what's, what's really the dominant thing that ends up taking over. I can see how it it creates this strong egregore and this strong pendulum that now because it's encoded and, and indoctrinated into the institutions through the, through the history and everything. And now it's passed through generation and generation it's being kept alive. And therefore we, you know, whoever, whoever the writers are at that time can put whatever name to it, whatever type of depiction that they want to it. But that's the thing. There is a veil. And we could see through that veil. But the whole point is, how does that relate to you now? If you were to follow that, and if you can look at the maybe the origin in that sort of sense, then maybe you can gain uh, a sort of perspective on maybe a more frequency type energy that's being presented during that time and maybe how it carried over to present day. And that's why I'm it's like, I feel like we're not given that. We're not given that that type of awareness or, or presented that type of awareness to, to look at things way to be like, oh, all right, well, if that's maybe what was occurring and what was maybe being felt and, you know, on all different hierarchies of levels of, 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 of potential, you know, different areas of civilization or societies, like, if we can look at that and try to examine those areas and more so of the human perspective and the human consciousness, then maybe we can actually see what that felt like. We can more so tap into that 4D nature, I guess. And 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 therefore that's how you know it, it relates to that whole timeline thing and and how to how to how to resonate with certain frequency. And we all have it because, you know, our, our one, our DNA. And and a big thing that me and Ray have gone into is morphic resonance and morphic morphic fields, uh, you know, presented by Rupert Sheldrake, and I feel like that plays a role too. Is like because maybe that's what sustains some of these things that uh, are presented to us to this day that we connect to that maybe we don't know that we're connected to, you know, or that are given certain names and and certain things and we just accept it. Historical egregores put in place. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what if if the thought of history itself is an egregore in itself? The thought that there have been generations worth of generations of people creating something, therefore, it's an insurmountable from that viewpoint process to undo Uh, that damage because there's been so much generational time behind it, and it seems pretty insurmountable for one person to tackle on their own. Therefore, 
Mm. Let's just turn around. But I feel that there are many of these in anything. You get even in conspiracies, you'll get to a point with it. Oh, it was a bat in the lab. Got it. And then you'll just stay there and then you hang there and then you won't take it past this. Uh, scientists do this with tenure uh, per- perspectives all the time. They build a theory 30 years ago. They got tenure. They proved it wrong 28 years ago. But they keep needing to prop it up because of the existence. And even people discover this and they say, ah, we can't do shit about it until he dies. This is the way that we're told this place works. But again, what if you, you know, kind of present are presented then an, an opportunity bigger, uh, like what Jason Bashir's talks about with this maybe 138, yeah, yeah, 138 year cycle. And in that case, you would need to do some sort of rapid memory implant, right? To give the mm-hmm. illusion that this place has been here for a while, that there's a generation's worth of went through hardships and that you have it so much better but we see these fucking ufos fly around all the time what is that obviously there's technology around here what if this is just a big game where you're dropped sort of in a fucking primitive forest uh uh you know a spiritual equivalent to the show where you have every fucking thing at some level of experience but here you don't and you're told that it's a certain story it's a west world experience perhaps that you're given a narrative, that all these things are fast-tracked for you. Everyone's got a story. It's in the form of an imp- implant. And if you really want to fucking noodle, something I've been thinking about lately is you don't need the elaborate things that people talk about to create a simulation, this huge sun-sized power generator and stuff. I mean, And again, some people get to that and then just go, yeah, no, 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 don't tell me about anything more. I'm going to hang on to this for a while. Maybe go beyond it, maybe not. But where I'm with it now, this fucking trips me out. And I'm not a fan of it, by the way. Uh, is I'm not a, a fan of it because I'm a little. I feel that I can. I have claustrophobic tendencies. But what I mean to say is, like, think of Vitruvian Man. Maybe that's the map of reality, right? Because perhaps like your experience only needs to exist to right here. And who's to say that you even need to really have arms at all? This could be a whole brain in a vat situation to where you're only sent electrodes to the parts of your mind in a very sophisticated series and pattern that's been long figured out. And maybe it's nothing this physical brain at all. Maybe it's just a simulation of an octopus thinking that it's a human having this experience with the octopus's consciousness is in this with a story with a narrative with all that with mm-hmm. these powers that we're told we have and so therefore you can create based on the things you expect and so therefore you're presented with a fuckload of things for a myriad of reasons maybe to confuse you at first to hone your powers maybe a myriad of this entourage effect kind of a things but again to presuppose that the things are accurate when we talk about i bring a lot of possibilities into this because then it expands because now you're sitting here thinking, oh, shit, well, maybe it's not a history at all. Maybe it's just images in my mind. And again, maybe your reality ends just out of your reach. Maybe that's it. Because for a sophisticated simulation to operate, it doesn't need to render an environment so fucking accurately, even to the elaborateness we'll give it now with our current understanding or our ability to perceive through video games that you don't need to render what's behind you or that you're not looking at. Oh, they could save on computing space for that. But again, we're anthropomorphizing what our ability to see what's possible and then giving it form and structure which is how we navigate to the next temporary truth right mm-hmm. but again if you don't need to render a full reality what then would be a way to simulate an environment all you would need to do this is the trippy part about this is simulate or be able to completely steer the perception of the occupant because space vastness wind things like these the fact that you the feeling that you're in an expansive place all of that's simulated all of all of that is an apprehension of perception that's all that is it's electrodes being fed to you by this thing called your senses which are incredibly limited even by measurable standards and then you sit here and even that your visual acuity right you don't even have the ultraviolet the infrared they're not there but they're there 
And then you have things like our hearing, right? You're given 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz for a human hearing range. Some variations, but it's right there. And if you ever lose that, it only diminishes over time. But there's a shitload of sounds, things you can feel with other senses that are called sound that you don't experience in other ways. So again, all of the all you would have to do is apprehend the perception of the occupant. That's it. And this can be very simply and cheaply achieved by an advanced civilization. I mean, and not even that far from now. We could be living in that now, is what I'm saying. So like the idea of, again, a history, uh, narratives, all these stories, these puppets being held up, I see them as just artifacts of the experience. They're just employees here. They're options. They're um, attractions on the side of the road. Mm. I'm on yeah. full on board with that. I mean, like when, and when I get what you're saying to Gio with the, you, like you're basically saying, look at, look for the residue and where the residue came from, or look where the egregore, like if you go to the source of the egregore, mm-hmm. you could see what the intention was and you could see how that colored in and created a reality for us, oh, which yeah. where Brandon's yeah. saying. Well, that's absolutely possible too. Like I'm not ruling that out at all. Absolutely. And because that would be a good way energetically to pass it on is through story, right? Right, right. They're, cru- they're, cr- they're putting us on that level, on that story by then in putting it into the books and put in, and programming it into our consciousness. And, and, you and have- I think that's a lot of what the Catholic Church, I'm not, I'm not, this is not in no sort of way trying to demonize the Catholic Church at all, you know, which yeah, I know that any religion. I know, and I know that a lot of people would be okay with that, but that's not what I'm trying to do. But like, it makes me think of actually something that I just recently, I released, I recently watched, which I ended up looking into because I was like, is this really true? Because is, or is this just Hollywood doing its thing? But um, I watched uh, that new movie, uh, The Pope's Exorcist, right, with Russell Crowe. I have not. And been. okay, but go ahead. So, I'm so unplugged, dude. I'm so unplugged. But please, yeah. please continue. <laughs> Wait, but if you watch this movie, um, so basically uh, Russell Clo- Russell Crowe plays uh, this guy, um, uh, Gabe, uh, Gabriel Armuth, right, who was the Pope's exorcist, um, I think late 80s into early 90s, something like that. I could have that wrong, right? And it's about a true story based off off his depictions, right? Which, once again, that's somebody else's perspective. But the thing is, though, is that he was the Pope's exorcist. But as I'm going through it and I'm watching it, right, and he ends up dealing with... um, He ends up dealing with... a really strong case of an exorcism. And and therefore... um, it, it takes over, but I'm watching the methodology of exorcism and I've, and I've watched this and I've known this for a long time. And I, I would back when I was younger all the time when I was more so intrigued. And and this is kind of what kind of got me on my path was through certain faith and religion and stuff like that. And, and, and I noticed that they have a methodology and, and they're going into the old archives and the old texts. And it's like, they have to, they have to get the, 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 the spirit or the demon to admit its name and tell its name. And that's the only way that they can really exercise the demon and, and all these things. And, and also what I saw from that was it, it ends up coming down to that, this demon was manifested through the evils done through the inquisitions. 
That's awesome. Like a pain ancestor trauma. Like it'll manifest in you like drinking problem. And unless you heal it, it gets passed on. That's pretty. Yes. And it was locked in this location in Spain under a Vatican ruled church, uh, a Vatican ruled cathedral. And it was locked away where, where it was, well, in the movie, they put it as potentially as one of the 200 places that God buried his fallen angels and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, you know, that whole narrative that it's like, uh, this is where he locked up his fallen angels and stuff like that. But apparently the fallen angels, the way they depicted in this movie and and through the accounts is that the fallen angels had some sort of persuasion power over even the holiest of holies that were in that location and the people, it didn't matter. They worked through gaining people's attention. They worked on people's fear. They worked on people's traumas. And to me, that resonated in a sort of sense, because it's like, where do you see most of those, those things where people right away want to classify as tormented or demonic or evil and stuff like that? It always happens in a, in, in a lot of people that have some sort of, uh, of traumatic issue or some sort of vulnerability in that way. So it's like, you know, this whole thing happens and what they realize is they're dealing with the the most powerful demon in hell, which is Osmodius, right? That's why that immediately came to mind. And I said Osmodius, right? Where, but the thing is the methodology behind it was like, they're trying to get it to say its name. That's the only way they could exercise it, but they start going into the old doctrines and that's how they realize that they're like, Oh shit, this place was a deep cavern for inquisitions. And what they did was they killed a lot, a lot of people here and they buried them beneath the surface here. So that's a lot of in my head, how I'm taking that is like, that's a lot of heart space resonance um, that they're taking from people, people that could potentially, you know, that are actually innocent. Right. But their heresy to the word or to the doctrine that is presented during that time. But also what comes out of that is they find out that through some historical thing um, of when the Inquisition started, that there was some weird abrupt shift where it was like that the uh, the Pope's exorcist during that time of the ex- uh, of the um, Inquisitions was possessed himself. So that reign of the ex- the Inquisitions was actually was doing because it was all possession at that time. Now, I translated that into a different thing, not in more so in a religious sense. And I'm trying to see it now as a sense of being like, okay, well, I can see how a lot of um, distorted ways and prideful ways that maybe the the church had during that time um, and, and feeling that their religion was it. And they, they threw so much heart and so much, so much ritual and so much energy and so much belief into this area that they allowed for this power to arise in a sort of sense. And when you let that power culminate, but it's unchecked in a sort of sense, your thought that no, nobody's going to check it because everybody's just like, ah, oh, well, that's God's people, you know? It's the Holy Roman Empire. It's it's this. Who gives a shit, right? What they say goes. And you're telling me nobody, this is what I mean, put yourself in the mind of those people at that time 
and even the people in the church, they know you think that you think that everybody was fully a monk and just in check and being like, oh, well, I'm humble and I'm in this space. And no, there there's there's people that are weak in the mind in that sort of sense and allow for a vulnerability and allow for this energy to come into that that allows to manifest and it becomes and it works and it starts snowballing and and all of a sudden now you just see this whole destructive path happen in the name of god and and more so it's blasphemy but still no matter what and and in the movie they show that the church tried to cover it up they tried to seal away um the the pope during that time you see a skeleton and he they he was in a cage and he had must have swallowed the key they locked him in because they couldn't exercise him or nothing and it's crazy and it plays on all your fears and all your doubts and all your sins and everything and i'm just like you know what being where i'm at today i'm like there is a sense of truth to that in a sort of way. And that would make more sense why something in a historical sense, why the church would have so much power in that way or or why they would have so much relevancy to that day is like we know through also other things of how uh, certain energetic knowledge and, and gnosis was taken from other areas and how it was perverted. And I, I don't I don't care to ruffle any feathers in that way to say that the Holy Roman Empire did do that. You know, it did do that. Not saying that the whole thing is evil, but it did do that. It took it took true esoteric knowledge and turned it exoteric, but also kept it for itself and secret and created and- its own egregore. Exactly. That's all it is. And then I think so if you're exactly. unaware of the metaphysics, which that's more important, right? Like on how things are working. So if they took the gnosis and they know, realized that we create our own reality, the more more thought energy we have on board uh, towards this thing, if we can get people on this thought track and we can instill the fear in this type of energy, then we can control the energy and control the people. And so I would say, with, and it's funny because you're talking about the dark ages, right? So the dark ages being mm-hmm. unaware of how, the re- how reality works and how the world works. I think the knowledge of the metaphysics proves what you're saying it was unchallenged they're putting people on a time i get what you're saying they're you're they're putting people on a timeline the people that are in the dark or npcs or weak in that moment because of a lack of gnosis then they have to ride the roller coaster bill hicks right like life's just a roller coaster but you're going to get on my roller coaster and it's fun and it's this and it's that and there's a lot of ups and downs and whatever right this whole thing with that i love yeah. him and yep. and you said him and carlin man they're my philosophers too but the, that's to me is that and that's what's arising out of the age of aquarius the water bearer bringing water being truth is the knowledge of the ethernet ether aquarius of the water of truth and it's just our awareness is simple and you said this place mm. is simple right like it's a simple fact that we everything is a mirror and it is reflecting back to us. But when we didn't know it was a mirror, those in power who knew it was in a mirror could then say, okay, well, this is history and this is what the creator is. And this is what you should believe and this and that. And it gets everyone sucked into that pendulum. And then now you, you are on this timeline, but then as soon as you pull out, you know, and then you, you, you have the ability now to step out and say 10,000 feet in the air. Oh, that was just a sector of reality that I was tuned into. And my ancestry was tuned into. And now I'm the one that breaks the line. And I'm the one that takes my power back. And now mm-hmm. that I have the power, we are here talking on this podcast saying, let's share that fucking power. Fucking right? Up. Love it. Yep. 
You can't got under, uh, really understand the relevance. Here. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Like it's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't get beyond the relevance of like even what I and just said. And yeah, this exactly. Is that danger don't, threat thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like not don't everything get, is a threat. Yes, they want yes. you to think it is. They that parts yeah. of us that that you still respond to because that's the only reason they're there is because you still respond to them. Those parts want you to think that there's a threat around every corner. You're constantly in threat. The, uh, the reality is, is that that's not true. Number one. Um, and number two, that perhaps danger exists, but the danger adds a component to this. The danger makes it fun. You know, you need this again. It's, it's back to fun. Focusing on the fact that potentials could be manifested in your reality and focusing on those is one way to ensure that what you put a lot of energy in, absolutely. Now, another thing to this that's even more palpable, actually, is think of like the 99% of the conversations you've had in your head of what you were going to tell that person or how you were going to react or what was going to go down and how many of those actually happened, right? And then you think about perhaps reinvesting even just a percentage of that energy into kind words about yourself, into knowing that at any point in your life, especially this one that you're in now, but especially anything behind here, uh, if it's attached to any sort of dissonance in your life currently, if you remember it that way, if you invite that memory into your life to interpret it from your moment of now, pull it out of that box and bring it here. If that's a vibrational thing that you choose to continue to participate in, then absolutely you have it available to you all the time. But in the same sense, you also have the avail availability to transmute anything here. And so let's say that we go with the idea that it's it's only you and not in a selfish way like let's really think about this concept that if there's a bunch of things out here to distract that job is to present themselves very obviously as something to distract you from yourself then perhaps they're presented in an obvious way as to be easily overcome right like you guys have already said it this age of accords this isn't a squeegee third eye as bill hicks would say mm. this is the opening of the ability to see this is what revelation means is to see to reveal right so if you take it that way, then you say you can see the strings very clearly on the puppet now. You can see the Wizard of Oz behind the thing. Continuing to call it out to people continues to make it real. But the fact that it's real and so obvious is on purpose. It's showing you its strings. We had plenty of times with the feathers. They, hit, they sent us with plenty of trucks. Finally, it's just like 2 a.m. They're flipping the lights on. Now you can see everything in the club, right? That chick's not that good looking. You know what I mean? The floor is a lot dirtier, you know, and I was just dancing and laying on it like those things, you know, and so there, it's revealed. It's you can see things very clearly. And so people then, though, some parts of us will have a are I'm observing them have an interesting time with coming to grips with that, with the ego being put into a position to where it needs to admit that it's been lied to and be OK with that because we're all lied to. It's part of the game. You need to think your characters a certain way to get to this point in the game is how I see it. And even further to that, nothing existed before you and nothing exists after this present moment. So mm -hmm. if you then look at this place from an immediate, from a continuous transporter, you're constantly transporting your consciousness to physical versions of you that are slightly different from this one in way more alignment, if you want to say that in a multiverse of options that are infinite. So everything's here, everything's playing out exactly to a constant steady vibration in one universe, but I see it as you're constantly able to shift to one that you're a vibrational match with. You just pick the one you want to go to. If that's the one where you sit there and yell at the TV the whole time rather than take your son fishing, then cool. That one's there and it's absolutely, you're right and you'll be right in it and you'll be justified and vindicated. Then the experience you have from that will be the experience you have from that. 
But in the same token, everything you want and desire, even superpowers like everything, is a multiverse option for you if you choose to see it that way. If you see it as infinite, then it is truly infinite. Then you say, well, then what I need to do as a participatory member and a traveler of the multiverse where it's infinite, I need to figure out my fortification, my compass. I've got to get myself in a mental place where I could traverse this thing with it being fortuitous for me rather than damaging, rather than me feeling like I've made a mistake or that I need to go back to another reality. You get on this trajectory of alignment to where you set a, tr- you set a course and then whatever you engage along that path is part of that path and you trust that process. There's always going to be options for you guys to, for all of us to turn around and to, to feel that way again. But the further you detach from it, I promise the further, the more ridiculous that idea sounds. Like yeah, you the, see the, it as so stupid. The framework of transurfing was my catalyst for yeah. uh, seeing things in principles uh, alongside like when you were saying before about how when we, you were talking about certain things and then you start to stoop down to that frequency chapter five i think or whatever of transurfing is called an induced transition so what it says is that when you are on a certain wavelength and you're on your own frequency and something happens in your reality you have that option and sometimes if you're not aware it will induce a transition to a lower frequency and yeah. now you've jumped down a few levels and now everything on that reality layer, like a, like a, like reality is like a layered cake. And so as soon as you've allowed something in or you've taken a bite of that piece of reality, you're like, Oh, now I'm eating this piece of the cake. Right. And so now you're and that, there. Yeah. And then what happens? You have to digest that piece. So it takes Ooh, a minute. Yes. And this is what we call the echo in manifestation. So even right, if you right. change your mind, you're like, yeah, yeah, I've been doing the thing. The echo is there as an opportunity for you to really decide it because it's going to be, your discomfort zone from your perspective. But in that place, that's where that shit is. That's where that magic is because you are digesting. To stick with the metaphor, it's going to give you diarrhea and then you sit with that too. And then once that's all clear, you're mindful of what you're bringing into your system as fuel for this vehicle that is a multiverse traveler. And then you just travel wherever the fuck you want and you do it through consciousness and it's constant and ever evolving and it's all the time and it's fucking awesome. It's damn beautiful. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Absolutely. And it's about empowerment, man. That's why I love your message. Like it's, it's, it is about taking whatever it is you need to, to grow and whatever weeds you need to pull, you pull them and then you move on and you keep tendering to your garden and, and your you garden, gr- you got it. that's right. And yeah. then you just allow it to grow and grow and grow and whatever needs to be pulled is done. And that's where most people like, which I guess it's most, if there was any frustration, not putting it out there, but like, if there was frustration when you're working with this stuff is um, not playing into just, you know, the, the field of weeds and being there with all the other guys, picking them and saying, I found another one over here and look at the size of my weed and oh, mine, mine's bigger, you know? And it's like, but you wanted to try to steer people on. And our motto, by the way, is it's not what you think, it's how you think. You know, I could give a shit what you think. I don't care what you think. I just, how did you get to that? What, you know, show me your process. You yeah, know, your insight. Th- yeah. It's the insight that matters most opposed to, I'm not going to fight about what you think with you, because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm only to talk about how are you getting to that final destination. And if you don't want to talk about it, let's not talk about it. And and uh, using that analogy too, most people get on the bus, pay their fee of their cheap fee of $3. And instead of me getting and going and earning my own car, my own brain, my own mind, and jumping in that car and driving to the destinations I want to, most people go, well, where's that going? Oh, that's going to uh, Arizona. Well, I was I wanted to go to Montana, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll just jump on with you, whatever. And that's it's what most easier. people do. Right, yeah. just uh, why not? You know, like let me just jump on and see where this takes me. 
which sometimes that sense of adventure can play a very good role. Like, you know what, if I just allow this to take me, sure. But most people just out of pure laziness and a, and a, and a lack of individuation say, well, someone drive me wherever. I don't know where I'm going. Like, they, don't, they don't have the destination in mind. They're not going to seek the adventure of seeing different perceptions for the sake of doing the sightseeing and allowing themselves to see different perceptions. They're just going, well, someone bring me to just the next destination so I can sit back, have a beer and not pay attention and, play, and watch my football and do whatever and this and that and play into the 3D reality and just be there which is okay because I'm not here to judge anybody's um you know w- what they're doing but on the on the end of I'm saying for the people that are seekers and the people that are doing the spiritual work and all of that they even do that is my point you know like they don't realize that they've allowed the guru to be their bus driver and sometimes it's okay to be on that bus for a long time but do you really know where you're going or do you are you, are you just abiding to the frequency of that guru or that or that group of people you know, it's like in the age of Aquarius, it's all about not being part of the group, but being an individual and playing your part within the group consciousness, opposed to becoming the group consciousness. And it's funny because that's what with Saturn was in Aquarius. That was the pandemic, right? And Aquarius is group mind, group think, hive mind. And Saturn was there to go, I'm going to make you sit in a room and think about, are you thinking your own thoughts anymore or are you becoming the group? You know, and and, th- and that's it's frustrating because most people talk like as if they're thinking their own thoughts. And a lot of the times you could tell just from the parroting that you hear that it's like, no, you're not. You're, I know exactly where you're getting your information from. And it's no judgment, but it's just a matter of that's the, I won't call it frustration, but that's the um, challenge we have as, say, people who are trying to spread a message. Not wake people up, but spread a message. Gio, you've been quiet. Any, any thoughts? just taking it all in right and 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 also just thinking that it's it's you know that this is this is this is great for um i listen i'm just gonna put it out there and say it brandon you got to come back i'd love to be honored man you guys are great this is outstanding yeah Yeah. Uh, because we've all we've only touched the tip of the iceberg and i know only i know i know we're reaching that point and stuff too and 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 it's it's only going to get juicier from here. And I love your perspective. I I knew I I intuitively knew that this is what was going to come. And uh, I this has been an idea of ours already to have you on for a while. We just never, you know, we've gone through our own stuff too, and we just never acted upon it. And then it was just like finally one day the impulse hit me, and I was just like, let's. let's yeah, it was on you, Gio. You you get to take. I was the like, let's let's fucking yeah. set it up, man. I was yeah, like, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm fine. I was like, I'm fucking tired of not doing it and not reaching out. Let's let's do it. Yep. And then from that one little spec, by the way, for me, for me was I uh, love yeah. this. I love this guy because when you had just it wasn't like because Peter Shampoo is the man, but you were just like he was talking about how they placed all the architecture on the ley lines to harness the negative energy in the steer society. And he was like, correct in his, oh, I, you know, it was like, I, okay, I see. I, I know exactly what he's saying. And that's true to an extent. And you go, well, there's, there's the light side to it. And I go, ah, always. he's seeing the empowerment to it. He's not just noticing the, the evil dark side, which, and I know that Peter means well, but you, I saw, and I go, that's how I think. This guy's the fucking man. I resonate with this mm. guy. It's the one step forward, two steps back is not set back. It's the cha-cha. You know, it's uh, if you fall down the stairs, it's not a travesty. You just get up and you go, holy shit, I went down the stairs really fast. That was great. Like it's you can alchemize any moment. It's the parents do this with their kids all the time. And the kid falls. You have a moment. You have a split second in there to decide whether they're going to freak out or not. And it's up to you whether that happens. Uh, For the most part, you can look at them with a smile on your face. You can remind their parasympathetic nervous system that everything's okay. 
by viewing you as not freaking out. If you're not freaking out, why would they freak out, right? They look for you for validation. So it's an indicator. So in the same way, you can alchemize that moment. You can run over and freak out in a helicopter parent. Ah, then that's you'll get a there's a there's a response and the reaction to that. There's an energy component that's an echo of that choice to be that version of yourself, to exist in that multi multi-version version of you. But in the same sense, in the, in the exact same moment, there's the ability to alchemize that to where the child now doesn't feel endangered, doesn't doesn't feel that this is abnormal, and that it's when it falls, it should be freaked out because it's going to fall a lot. There's a lot of psychological components that go, and it's just simply two different ways of experiencing the same exact moment. And this happens at a blink of an eye every single time, all the time. And what's more, and what we'll talk about more next time is perception. We really need to dive into that where the dude's on the all about either side of the six and nine and arguing and shit. That's we get perception figured out mm. um, as a group here, then that's it. It's game over. Love it. Big time. Big time. Well, love you guys. This was outstanding, honestly. And I've sent yeah. you a bunch of things in the email. So audience, look forward to that. Uh, they're dope ass people. So y'all are gonna love those guests. We appreciate that. We got a we got we got a lot to we got a lot of work to do. So on on top of that so yeah man um this is like i said this is only the tip of the iceberg and and everybody if you haven't already definitely check out brandon's channel expanding reality go to his website as you can see as we've been presented there there's a lot of other sources to go to so definitely check that out we'll be sure to link it all um like like this video comment give us your hate too <laughs> anything you disagree we'll, with we'll, we'll go for it. it we'll optimize it i won't respond i promise <laughs> all right all right, all right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah I mean, no we we got yeah we we got a lot more to discuss too i i already i already see it there's a lot more to go and i and i i appreciate you once again taking this time thank you, know. you. yeah grateful thank you guys all right well on that note brandon much love brother and uh, oh i you uh you will be getting an email and dude and lastly we'll end on this please do yourself the service and you don't have to because I'm not trying to project but reality transurfing has been the greatest paradigm of everything you've said has been totally online and what a beautiful aquarian way of putting the way of seeing reality to know that we have control and we shift and we and 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 it's an empowering book to let you know that you are the creator of your own reality and that we create it together and, okay. and and it's and I've it's, got it noted, dude. I'm I'm absolutely getting this thing. Absolutely, Thank one you. through five reality transurfing, dude. I'm I'll grateful. Send, I'll send it to you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. On that note. Awesome. On that note, gentlemen. All right. Um, I'm gonna log out and uh, Brandon. Let's uh, figure out a day. Um, yes. For next definitely. Time. Please. Definitely. All right, gentlemen. Thank Peace you. Out. 